What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Recording this pre-rip. Haven't ripped it with Matt yet, so don't even know what you're about to get. Is it a good rip? Is it a bad rip? Is it an okay rip? I can't tell you. It hasn't happened yet. This is past Marty recording this ad. Thinking of future Marty. Wondering what future Marty's going to be thinking. I think future Marty's going to be happy because past Marty just stacked some sats. Um, maybe two hour from now, future Marty won't be as happy if the price goes down. But I think two year from now, Marty will be very happy. Think of your future self, freaks. Lower your time preference. One of the best, most poignant quotes from the Bitcoin Standard by the great Dr. Saifedina Moose. Most people don't realize that the, the most economic activity that happens in your life happens between you and your future self. The decisions you make today will affect what happens to your future self and your future family and the people that you come into contact with in your life. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You freaks are beautiful. I love that you come to listen to this show. We're very appreciative. The downloads have been incredible um, recently. Uh, if the TFTC download indicator is, is anything, we're about to have a rip roar and rip. Uh, all-time highs. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it, Matt, and I love that you guys come back and interact and listen and, and, and feed into what we have going here, whatever this is. We're almost four years into to this content conglomeration, whatever you want to call it. It started the bent June 8th, 2017. So we're coming up on the four-year anniversary, and I, if you would have told past Marty what present Marty would think about what he started back then, you'd be blown away. So always think of your future self. This episode is brought to you by good friends at the daddy fucking cash up. Cash up till he stacks at send sats, receive sats, sell sats. I'm saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. We're, we're going to flip unit buys. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a fraction of Bitcoin. You stack whole sats. You can do that on the Cash App. You can DCA in the sets by daily, weekly, bi-weekly. Set it and forget it. Set a set a set amount and just stack sats consistently. Uh, you can get they have sats back boost where you go and you you swipe your boost card wherever Visa's accepted. You have your sats back boost initiated. You get a percentage of that purchase back in sats. You can make the Cash App your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers, so you get your your paychecks direct deposited into the app and then stack sats right away. Make sure you use the code stacking sats when you download the app if you haven't already. It's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends in Chicago at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! 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 Owls Lacrosse. Syrup is also brought to you by our great, 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 great friends at Unchained Capital, doing incredible things, leveraging Bitcoin's native properties to bring products to market for you, freaks. Uh, what we're going to, people say I'm butchering the word concierge, 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 whatever. They have a white glove concierge service. It's going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up with the Unchained Capital team in which you hold two keys. Unchained Capital holds one key. You can always move your UTXOs out of the multi-sig vault as you see fit. But if you're ever in a pinch, you only have one key and you need Unchained to sign the other. They're there for you. And again, the white glove concierge service, they're going to walk you from zero to understanding multi-sig, what it is, why it's important, 
uh, how the multi-sig vault that Unchain offers specifically works. They're going to send you guys some hardware wallets, get you comfortable with setting up the keys, protecting the keys, securing the keys, writing down your seed phrases, understanding the importance of that. They're going to set up your multi-sig vault. Again, you'll have two keys. Unchain will have one, and they're going to dump $1,000, 1000 cuck bucks worth of sats into your vault. So you're going to go from zero to having hardware wallets with 1000 cuck bucks worth of Bitcoin in your multi-sig vault, the White Glove concierge service. They may even wipe your ass a little bit, too. Tell them TFTC sent you. You're going to get $50 off that package. Go check out everything they're doing at www.unchained-capital.com. It's www.unchained-capital.com. Speaking of multi-sig, Hoddle Hoddle is also leveraging this with their Lend pro- uh, platform, their Lend product that they just came out with. Okay, And it's available to U.S. citizens. If you're a U.S. citizen, you have access to this. So Lend at Hoddle Hoddle is a new non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform that allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. If you're short of funds and you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, get some liquidity by borrowing using your Bitcoin as collateral. You'll get stable coins. It's a great thing that you don't need to entrust anybody with your funds, all right? Again, they're leveraging multi-sig as well. Your, your Bitcoin gets put in a multi-sig escrow, which you hold one key, and it always remains locked in that escrow, and you control a key to it. Okay. It's beautiful. You don't know who you're interacting with, but you're getting liquidity. They're getting uh, interest on the liquidity they're providing you. So if you have some stable coins, you want to participate in that and you want to look to earn some yield on that, Lend at Hoddle Hoddle offers you to do that on the other side of the book. All right. You put your stable coins up for somebody with Bitcoin doesn't want to sell and they pay you back and you get interest on that. So create your offers and set your own terms today at lend.hoddlehoddle.com. That's lend.hoddlehoddle.com. Last but not least, our very, very good friends at Brains are here to support the podcast. They're, they've been doing incredible things as well, right? So Brains, uh, as you freaks may know by now, they are the team behind Slush Pool. They bought, bought out Slush's minority stake last year. They announced it earlier this year. We've had Jan and Pavel on the podcast before to talk about the history of Brains, the history of Slush Pool. The firmware they're building, uh, Stratum V2, a bunch of other stuff. That was episode 73. We've had Edward Evenson on the podcast, episode 199, to, to elaborate on that, talk about hash rate futures as well as a bunch of other topics. Again, they're building incredible products. They think about Bitcoin first. They've always been true to Bitcoin, the first Bitcoin mining pool to ever come to market. Uh, they're creating the firmware, uh, Boss Plus, Brains OS Plus for miners and it's helping them stack more sats uh what else are they doing they they uh they discovered amplitude and asic boost and they they i think they were the first ones to do the public asic boost so miners could benefit from from asic boost before bitmain was uh before bitmain like they, it was like overt versus covert i think they did overt allowed everybody to get access to overt to make more sats Brains is doing incredible things. They have a mining profitability calculator. We're going to link to that in the show notes if you're a miner and you want to see how you can be as profitable as possible. You got to check out this calculator. One of my favorite teams in the space, staying true to Bitcoin, head down, building great products. Again, they're working on a hash rate futures product as well. Be on the lookout for that. Brains.com. That's two I's. B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Go check it out. We'll link to some stuff in the show notes. Woo! Concierge. Am I really pronouncing that wrong? Hmm. 
Well, I hope you guys enjoy this rip. I don't know how it's going to go. Haven't ripped it yet. I hope future Marty is proud of the preamble to this episode. We'll see. Enjoy it, freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. And we're recording, yeah. That 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 dirtbag Rodolfo always just coming in, scooping things up. He's uh, very opportunistic, and he's, he's very good at taking advantage. I'm telling you, BTCTreasuries.org is now like uh, I don't even want to know how many hits he gets off of that. And every time on the top, it just has free CoinKite advertisement. Some would some would say like that's savvy business, right? It is savvy business, hundred percent. It's also. It's- it's it's effective domain hoarding, right? It is effective. And, I mean, we were just talking about Rodolfo. He created the Bitcoin Group and Sphinx Chat. Shout out to all the freaks in the Sphinx Chat. I've been loving just that vibe over the last week since the episode with Paul dropped. Um, it's been it's been it's been fun. I've been using Sphinx significantly more than Telegram over the last week. It's like no lie. Um, it is becoming my go-to chat app. I've gotten a lot of people on there. Yeah, I, I thought you were and- full of shit. I thought you were full of shit. And then I finally, uh, I took, I took the dedicated Clubhouse iPhone and I installed Sphinx on it. The i, the iPhone app is fucking light years ahead of the Android and Linux apps. And it's just like I see the future, Marty. I see the future. I see why you're freaking out. <laughs> right. It's so it's like every time you said, "And the future is here," I was like. And the future's in beta. The future's coming, you know? But fuck, man. It's slick as fuck. It's really cool. And it's just a cool atmosphere in there, too. Yeah, it's good vibes. And it's like, it's completely sovereign, right? Like, you're chatting P2P over Lightning. You can, like, if you wanted to, you create, like, a private tribe. That's what I've done with some people. Like, group chats that you would have in Telegram that's stored on their servers. Uh, you create a private tribe in Sphinx and you, and you bring your telegram group over there and you, you just have the peace of mind. There's like a peace of mind that comes knowing that it's not sitting on telegram servers and is distributed amongst a bunch of Bitcoiners to some degree. I mean, look, we want platforms that are end to end encrypted by default. Um, that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and so that's the foundation that it's built on top of, which is fucking fantastic. And then, yeah, it's using Lightning's uh, Onion Network um, to actually transmit those messages, which are then stored locally. Um, so it is significantly more censorship resistant than existing platforms. Um, and the coolest thing to me is the progress recently made on making it easier to use your own node with it. Um, I did finally listen to the Paul episode, which I hadn't listened to last week when um, we did RHR. And I see why everyone was super bullish on that. I mean, Paul's a fucking legend. Um, I agree with like everything he said on the episode. He just got me fucking hyped. Um, but uh, but, but the, the point is, is that it's, it's significantly more censorship resistant. And oh yeah, that's what I was saying. It's really cool. The progress that has made recently in terms of 
using it with your Raspi Blitz or using it with your Umbral node. And then you're able to just all of a sudden, uh, you know, not only have these, these distributed groups, but have this ability to have value streamed to you from all these other people directly to your own hardware that's sitting in like your closet or something running on like $300 worth of, uh, of compute. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. And like the iOS app, you get the notifications. It's crazy. Like knowing that people are listening to TFTC just by seeing a stream of sats, like the notifications come in. Yeah, like when they, are you going to turn those notifications off, Marty? Uh, there's still some novelty to it. Where I'm like, wow, this is insane. It's like, and it's crazy because it's like as low as like two sats, 17 sats, <laughs> like some are 500 sats. Like we're talking like fractions of a penny, just like in real time. You posted the screenshot. I was like, how does he concentrate? How does he like? Is he catching any of his other notifications? It's just like sat 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 sat. No, I turned off every other notification. <laughs> it's just like Sphinx, and I, I I don't go on that many apps anymore. It's pretty fucking cool, man. It's like, is it the first killer app for Lightning? Uh, what did uh, Jack from Thunder Games said? The first killer app for Lightning was the Fold Spin Wheel. That's a good. Uh, <laughs> but I think, yes, this is the first true. I mean, you see people going to make nodes that have, haven't had nodes previously. Yeah. Um, that, that's what, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say that was really cool is, is they're calling it, uh, he actually said the words Uncle Jim. I love that Uncle Jim has become a, a, a industry term. Part but of the he vernacular. Also, he had the more complicated term multi-tenant, right? And that's exactly what we wanted to see how this, the scaling happened on, on these sovereign services, right? Where, where I can have my Raspi um, running Umbral or running Raspi Blitz, and then I can onboard them onto my Sphinx instance, and they don't even have to really know what Lightning is or anything. Yeah. It feels, it feels like it's happening, Freaks. It feels like it's happening. I'm super fucking hyped right now, if Freaks can't tell. This is... Uh... It, and for you Freaks in the YouTube comments, uh, Matt can't see you. He's sharing a screen. Oh, no, I, don't I can have see them. the YouTube comments. You can? Of course. I'm not going to do this without being able to see the, 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 the freaks in the live chat. You lied to me then. How, how are the freaks in the live chat? What no, I, 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 I put them over. I could only either see them or I could see the list. And I okay. chose them over the list. So I cannot see the list. Okay. So I have, uh, I have control over the list this week, freaks. Right. You have control over the list. But I, I, would, never, I would never abandon uh, my ride or dies in the, in the YouTube live chat. Shout out to the YouTube live chat. Uncle Marty loves you. All right, let's get into it, especially right now, because we have a like dead even Bitcoin price, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, $52,000. I know we have the um, what you're live streaming right now on uh, the full screen on the live stream, but Clark's dashboard right now says $52,000 on the dot. That's going to get you uh, one cuck buck's going to get you 1,923 sats. The market capitalization is down below a trillion at 970.5 billion. He added this new this new little box here, all-time high. How far are we from the all-time high? We're 15.7% below the all-time high. Um, we are block 676,293. Ooh, another nice quadruple 88.88% of all the Bitcoin that will ever be distributed to the world have been distributed. Via the protocol, eighteen million six hundred sixty-four thousand two hundred forty-two point five nine Bitcoin. Uh, Lightning network capacity creeping up, and that's public too. We don't know what's going on. Somebody hopped in 
my menchies this week being like, oh, there's only $66 million worth of capacity. It's like, hey, uh, visible capacity. Don't do our boy Tim Pastor like that. I love Tim. I love Tim. <laughs> do you like my response underneath you? I did. I did. 700%. That's an, yeah, like that is I mean, an, another thing people don't think about, right? I mean, he was the one who chose to measure it in dollars. If you want to measure it in dollars, the real gotcha would have been that we've been, our public capacity has been pretty much flat uh, in terms of Bitcoin. But uh, as he has, he so clearly pointed out that it is up 700% in, in US dollar terms over the last year. Yeah. That's like the beauty of it, right? You, you lock up some funds in a payment channel and you just go back and forth and you can do more with less. Right? I think I'm that's like, you, yeah. It's like a, that's probably like the mental model that needs to be adjusted when, when thinking about it. it's not all about like how many sats do you have on it. It's like how much utility is each sat that you put on uh, that payment channel giving you? Like what's the multiple of how many times that sat is used back and forth in the payment channel? Dude, it's crazy. I'm telling you, I, we, I think we brought this up a couple episodes ago, but like not, not to diminish the hard work of, of all the developers in the space. And I appreciate the fuck out of all of them, but and they made great strides on making Lightning more stable and more performant uh, over the last year. But the single biggest improvement has been that every single one of the channels I have open um, have increased by 7, 8x in terms of, of the amount of US dollars they can hold. Like all of a sudden when you send, you know, we, we've talked up on the stacking side, right? It used to be $100 was a million sats, right? And now it's like uh, 150,000 sats or something like that, right? Um, that same exact thing happened in reverse on lightning. All of a sudden you're able to send less sats that equal the same amount of purchasing power, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, it fucks with people, right? And you're getting utility out of like, especially like the back and forth nature of the payment channels. Like you can, you can do more with less, especially as the price goes up. Let's pump this up guys. Like it. If you're on YouTube, retweet it. If you're watching on Periscope via Twitter, Let's get this out there. Matt and I, uh, we did a little pregame warm up chat in the in in the uh, in the Telegram. We should be moving this as Sphinx. I told you earlier that this week, Matt, but you, you insist on Telegram. Uh, talking, oh, about between us? Yeah. No, until it's more stable on desktop. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna Telegram is in, is is still useful for sending the list back and forth and stuff. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good this week. I'm a little under the weather, but feeling good still, nonetheless. Let's finish with Clark's dashboard. Uh, we had an upward difficulty adjustment last week. Uh, the next one is estimated to be on April 1st, April Fool's Day, uh, 2021. That's 1,083 blocks from right now as we're recording, and we're going to go up again. Uh, the estimated, the mess, ugh, estimated upward difficulty adjustment right now is 8.2%, and that's because blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 14 seconds. That's 46 seconds quicker than the 10-minute block target. There are currently 29,137 transactions in Clark's mempool. Uh, it's not a lot. Not a lot. We may clear this weekend. Um, what else? Samurai. Unspent capacity gone up a little bit, approaching 2,000 BTC at 1,997.4. That's $104.3 million in cutback utility. Or excuse me, liquidity. Uh, and that liquidity provides utility. Um, that's all we got for Clark's dashboard. Uh, what should we start with? Just go right in the Tesla. Um, I just want to say real quick, like, why do we talk about, 
the liquidity pool instead of straight uh, volume for Samurai. And that's because that liquidity pool number is something that uh, is harder for Samurai to game. So when we talk about metrics in the Bitcoin and quote unquote crypto world, uh, pretty much every metric someone wants to talk about is gameable. Uh, the biggest one that we've seen historically was uh, was like when during the Bitcoin Cash Wars or whatever. It wasn't even a war. It was just a skirmish, really. Um, they pretended like, oh, they were doing so much more transactions. And basically, all it took was like Roger Veer could just keep sending transactions to himself. And as long as fees were low, uh, which they artificially kept their fees low, uh, they were able to pretend like they were sending more transactions, even though they weren't. Um, so that's a gameable metric, right? And every time you see a metric, you should be trying to consider like, how are things gameable? With these coordinated coin joins, um, the actual uh, coordinator isn't paying the fee, the, the coin join fee. The coin join fee is the number one thing that, that stops you from just an attacker just constantly pushing volume into, into the rounds. Um, so with both Samurai and Wasabi, that fee is, is paid to that coordinator. So for the coordinator themselves, they don't have to pay that fee. They're paying it to themselves. All they have to pay is, a, is obviously the transaction fee. Um, so as long as fees are low, and fees are still kind of low, uh, but as long as fees are low, transaction fees, those coordinators, they can, just, they can just pump volume through the system and make it seem like more people are using it. Um, the thing that's cool about the liquidity pool, and that changes in a high fee rate environment, which we're entering. So as we enter the high fee rate environment, those volume numbers can become more accurate and they can believe, be believed more. But until then, this liquidity pool, what's really cool about it is you can't recycle it back through. It's like, it's, it's what is in the liquidity pool. So it's a less gameable metric. If, if Samurai wants to pump the numbers, they still can pump the numbers, but they can't re-pump with the same Bitcoin. They have to keep adding new Bitcoin to pump the number. Very important distinction to understand all this. It's uh, very nuanced. Hit and then I just boards. wanted to add one more thing. Uh, I've, I just wanted to be clear to people, and I've said it in the past, that I just want you to learn more about how using Bitcoin privately. I don't care what tools you use. I want you to educate yourself. I want, to use, I want you to use these tools. Um, I want you to learn how to use them better. I want you to do your own research. I don't care if it's Wasabi. I don't care if it's Samurai. I don't care if it's Join Market. I want you to use all these tools. We track all of their updates on RHR. Um, and next week for dispatch, we're going to have a special dispatch. It's going to be earlier than usual. It's going to be at 1 p.m. 1700 UTC. And I'm going to have no power and open arms on. And we're going to have a nice civil discussion about the different coin joint implementations. Wow. I'm very, very excited to watch this. I will be, I will be watching this since it's at an hour in which I don't have to do bath time. So perfect. It'll be a good one. Uh, yeah, this is what I'd like to see. This is a civil discussion, and I think it would be much more productive uh, over audio as opposed to 280-character bytes, which, as we all know, can um, things can get lost in translation, and uh, the necessary nuance uh, definitely gets thrown out the door for uncivil type of discussion. So very pumped for that. I'll be tuning in. And just in general, like, you know, Bitcoiners is just a... I love all my Bitcoiners. You know, we agree on 99% and then we just go at each other for that little 1%. Uh, but meanwhile, we have the blue checks who have just decided that for some reason, we're like the only group that you can publicly call for genocide against. And, yeah. Uh, 
and and not get canceled. So you know what? Let's start out with a lighthearted topic. Uh, Nick Carter <laughs> just trying to boil the oceans and destroy the world. He's a libertarian nerd that wants to kill everybody. So I can't believe I've I've had this person on this podcast. Uh, we're talking about Nick, our boy Nick. Yeah, evil Nick. Evil Nick. Let's see. He's a libertarian nerd currently torching the planet for fun and profit. That's what everybody you, thinks about Bitcoiners. You, you realize who that blue check is, right? It's the one who Nick completely owned with his uh, energy piece. I'm yeah. I'm still salty about it. Very salty about it. And this guy, oh my gosh, he's so brutal. Like he was the guy in 2013. He had like an f- infamous Twitter thread where he's like walking through the airport and he's crying because of how many people are flying and with their kids and how it's all destroying the world. And like he vowed at that point in time to get a vasectomy to never have a child because he wanted to to make sure that we weren't burning the planet. Lo and behold, eight years later, he's got like two kids and he's like posting selfies from hot tubs. Like, Wait, really? Wait, he's, he made a pledge that he wasn't going to have kids before it was even cool. Now it's like a common pledge. Yeah, yeah. And he 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 welched on that that pledge. That's the weirdest argument ever, by the way. Like, uh, I don't, regardless of where you sit on the climate change thing, like if you're... Like what, what's what, what what the argument is like, oh, like uh, we believe that climate change is a real threat. So we're going to make sure that none we don't have any children. So we're completely overtaken by the people we disagree with in one generation. Like what, right. what is how is that like a solid strategy? Please, please, please adopt that strategy. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the, the yeah, if we're going to fall down that road of logic that they try to. Uh, put forth that's like we need to save the planet so less children means less people consuming energy um so we're going to save the planet that way uh and it's like weird like what are we saving the planet for the planet say like the planet's going to be fine like if humans get extinct the planet's going to be it's a rock flying through space it's going to be here like there's nothing we can do to to destroy the planet the planet's going to be fine we've had many examples (laughs) of the planet surviving some pretty adverse uh conditions throughout not human history but just the history of this rock and then the other thing is like all right like and again like go listen to the episode i posted last week with alex alex epstein i got a little drowned out because of paul's mind melting episode on sphinx but (laughs) makes like a really good point where like in the 80s what what about like a man who eventually became obama's lead science advisor I forget his name. It's like John Hendrickson or something like that. In the 80s, he was screaming like, if we don't do something fast, uh, a billion people are going to die from climate deaths between now and 2020. Literally, like over that 40 year period. And if you go back and you actually look at the data between 19, when 80, whatever, he made that prediction in 2020, climate caused deaths fell by 98% which is like insane because we were able to like utilize energy to protect ourselves from climate change. It's, it's very like, there's not enough adults standing up and having level-headed conversation in that space. That's all I'm going to say. We're not going to delve into. But, I mean, uh, all of this is irrelevant. Even if you believe that's not the case, you, you still should be like, your kids should be the ones championing the environment. Like you're just going to let the people who hate the environment per your logic just have as many kids as possible and you're just not going to have any kids. It's just, it's a failed argument. It just doesn't make any sense regardless of where you stand on climate. But I'd like to go back to the fact that it seems like every other day, 
a blue check feels comfortable enough to basically say like we should just all die and that like we're like violent people and shit like how did <laughs> i really did not expect that kind of level of hate um coming from the cancel class right like this is the class of people that get canceled over saying all these little bullshit things but they're allowed to just say this flippant stuff about us because like we're the undesirables apparently yeah and it's people that cl- like like the chapo guy the chapo trap house guy who wants right. to drone all the bitcoin miners like off like predator drone bitcoin miners because he thinks they're stealing electricity from californians which is like further from the truth like couldn't be further from the truth it's it is weird it is weird why bitcoiners get signaled out like especially when you actually delve in and understand the topic as as intimately as we do like bitcoin's actually helping prevent waste in the energy space and making us more energy efficient, which is a good thing overall. Like it's, it's nobody critically thinks everybody like rah, rah, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. You guys know, like election season gets your uncle Marty all crazy. You start tweeting things and you probably shouldn't be. Uh, this is one of those instances where you look outside and you're like, you, these people have no idea what they're talking about. And yet they're, they're inciting violence on, on Bitcoiners. And Bitcoin is literally like a peaceful revolution. It's going to help the Chapo Trap House guys. Uh, maybe we should start out with that. The topic um, that I threw to you uh, like an hour or two ago about Substack changing their um, their terms and conditions to basically say they will kick off content creators producing hate, hateful content as deemed by the, the moderators at Substack and uh, their third-party sources. Like it's, 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 and this is an example. So all this is being driven. If you guys listen to the Tim Dillon podcast, he had Katie Herzog, who's a lesbian leftist journalist and podcaster, um, but she's not far left enough. And she, she has some unique thoughts about uh, transgender women in sports. And the left does not like her nuanced conversation around that topic uh and they're going at substack and saying hey you have to kick her off they're coming at matt taibbi they're coming at glenn greenwald and some other guy who who came up on on substack as well but all more left-leaning but again it's like the far left eating itself and substack is now being forced to uh, basically come out with a new terms and conditions saying hey we'll try to moderate quote-unquote hate on our platform the best we can but as we know as this happened on many platforms whether it be twitter youtube uh, facebook whatever it may be like people that the, the quote-unquote woke don't want on will get kicked off eventually um and it's just interesting we don't have to make this like a right versus left thing but like just like the centralization of content uh, moderation and uh, payments or the ability to monetize your, your content and substacks becoming more and more popular by the day, it can be censored and it will be censored. Every single centralized platform is going to do this. Every single one. And people keep going from new platform to new platform because they go, oh, this platform isn't doing it yet. And it's because it's until they get big enough and then the cancel culture comes and hits them. The only real solution is to move to self-hosted. Um, whyyouknowhost.org uh, is a great way to get started. Why you know there. host. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good website. 
Um, but uh, ultimately, like no one should be surprised. Like, of course, Substack is going to do this. Um, and one, I would argue that one main benefit of Substack is they do allow you to download your subscriber list, uh, your email so you, list. Yes. So they make it easy for you to move to another service, which is a net benefit, even though it's still centralized. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that little piece of nuance, but uh, it doesn't matter which side you're on. Uh, regardless, uh, if, if you have, if you have thoughts that are deemed inappropriate, uh, you, you will ultimately get canceled at some point. Um, on a, on a more positive note, did you see Tim Dillon is going to be speaking at uh, Bitcoin magazine 2021? No, is he? Yeah. It got overshadowed because his speaker card got announced like right before, right next. before Chamath went at uh, surfer gym. Uh, but, uh, so <laughs> it got, it got overshadowed, unfortunately. Um, but yes, he will be speaking there and I believe he's going to be doing a live show directly from, uh, the grounds as well. Hell yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Maybe this... I love Tim Dillon. He's fucking hilarious. And also since we mentioned it, uh, I mean, uh, since, we, since we mentioned it, first of all, David Bailey was on the podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I know his last episode is fantastic. Uh, the, the CEO of of BTC Media, the parent company, uh, was on the podcast with you. So a freak should consider going to listen to that. And also tonight for Bitcoin Magazine Happy Hour, uh, he will be joining Surfer Jim on Happy Hour at 9 p.m. Oh, um, yeah. So I will, you know, the freak should go and, and watch that if, if they're curious on how that interaction will go. Yes. Quick stop back at the, the Substack censorship. That's why I love our combination for... And we only monetize, like, um, obviously we have the ads where the advertisers pay us directly. But like when, it's, when it comes to like users, you freaks helping us monetize, it's only Bitcoin via BTC pay server directly to our hardware wallets. And then we syndicate the content in the podcast via RSS feed, which is free and open source. And then the website's built on Ghost, which we don't self-host yet just because of the fact that I'm still a nomad. But uh, we can easily switch over to a self-hosted model if we wanted to be a ghost. Um, and that's the stack that I like for, for monetizing the content is ghost and BTC pay server for written yeah. content is going to be the future. Yeah. The key lock in the Substack has is that they're the payment processor. So they make it easy for you to accept fiat. Uh, there's a bunch of so-called Bitcoiners that make you pay with credit card to uh, read their <laughs> newsletter through Substack. Um, and that's like the main lock in uh, over there. Like I, I look, like everything with, with Bitcoin, we talk about these trade-offs all the time, you know, stuff like using liquid. If you have a more centralized service, um, you're going to get increased convenience, lower cost. Um, so it, I'm not like completely against centralized services, but you should operate under the assumption that at any point you can get cut off and be ready to move into a self-hosted situation if you need to without major issues, right? And, and that, that should be how you operate. Um, just period, right? And, and a perfect example is, is this live stream, right? We're live streaming through two centralized platforms that both have heavy censorship, Twitter and YouTube. Um, we will do that as long as we can do that. <laughs> and, and, and if they block us out, then we will, you know, mitigate it however we can mitigate it. But ultimately, at least you can get it automatically through, through the RSS feeds as well, right? We have other platforms that we can send it out. The streaming side is more difficult, but but that's like how you have to play the game, right? Yeah, exactly. This is a perfect segue into what we will make the first topic, which is the fact that the Breeze platform 
Breeze is a platform, not a wallet. It's, it's actually an important distinction. They're, they're building a platform for people to build a world on top of the Lightning Network. They implemented podcasting 2.0 uh, compatibility this week. Uh, and uh, if you listen to the Sphinx uh, episode last week with Paula Toy, we dove into the whole concept of podcasting 2.0. Essentially, we have a Lightning Network public address embedded in our RSS feed. And you freaks are able to, to stream sats to us with via apps that are podcasting 2.0 compatible. And Breeze is now uh, one of those apps, one of those platforms where you can do that. And it's been crazy to see. I, I know some freaks out there may be listening via Breeze right now. I want to thank you for that. And so they have the ability to listen to TFTC and stream sats directly to our Lightning node, um, which is running on Noddle Cloud right now. Super cool. Shout out to Roy and the rest of the Breeze team. Uh, I love it as a wallet. And now, I, now I'm going to love it as a platform as well. Uh, I, uh, yeah, so it, it's, the, the beauty is, is, is this is bigger than Sphinx, right? Podcasting 2.0 is, is, is basically iterating on the RSS standard to create this open standard where all these apps can jump into it and provide you with that ability to stream payments directly to content creators that you enjoy. Yeah. And that's like one thing I'm looking forward to is like really sitting down with you, Matt, getting a developer and getting really, so like any of you freaks listen to this, like we want to like make this, I, I know we have the shout outs. We'll get to this. We only have one shout out this week. We'll get to it, but I want to make this as interactive as possible. And reward freaks that interact with us especially if like you provide clips or um some information about the show where we can just get really granular have a dev producer that allows us to basically work with that rss value block and distribute sets like immediately to to anybody producing uh, clips for the show to, to like split it evenly between me and matt right away um obviously we'll be contributing to the apps that that enable podcasting 2.0 like we want to bitcoinize this whole stack and like I, i've said it in the ad read before uh the sphinx episode in case you freak skip the ads like we want to go ad free in 2022 and just bitcoinize the whole stack and go value for value with bitcoin only um and it, it's, it's becoming more and more tangible by the day and like the fact that breeze is adding this i, I imagine it's going to entice other apps to do it and feels like something's happening here and it's it's beautiful to see yeah, yeah absolutely fuck yes it's the future i want to see tesla's accepting bitcoin and they're gonna hold too dude imagine imagine being a fucking bitpay shareholder watching that fucking news and just realizing that all of a sudden a bunch of major corporations are all going to start accepting Bitcoin and there's absolutely no fucking reason for them to use your service when they can just pin up open source code and use their own node and not pay your fucking fee. So beautiful. Yeah, they built it in-house, didn't they? It's, it, was a, it was a mix of in-house open source code and it seems like there's some Stripe code in there. Um, Stripe or Strike? Stripe. The payments company. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, the point is, is they're going to accept Bitcoin. They're not going to convert it to fiat and they're going to hold it, uh, which is what we've expected on this podcast 
um, since the very beginning. Like this is the future. Ultimately, I think they'll go even more uh, another step further and they'll offer a small discount uh, to try and encourage people to pay them Bitcoin because it'll be a cheaper way for them to acquire Bitcoin um, than on the open market. So uh, that's, that's the trajectory I expect them to go to. And there's no reason for you to have to use a BitPay or something where they've intentionally nerfed the features. Uh, they, they don't you know, add, add new Bitcoin capabilities as they come out. They have onerous KYC requirements. Uh, they custody your funds and they fuck around with you. And then on top of all of that, they take a fucking fee. Like that well, business is done. There's and they had no some, like, reason for anyone to use BitPay. They had some bad Bitcoin code too. What was it? BIP71 or something like that? that they implemented and like fucked things up for Bitcoiners for a little bit. Yeah. For a while, the only way you could pay their invoices was basically to use their own wallet. Yeah. Garbage. Fuck BitPay. I mean, that's the beauty of BTC Pay Server is that it was a free and open source software project. Literally started out of spite because Nicholas Dorier got <laughs> got pissed off with BitPay. It's a beautiful thing to say. Hundred percent. But it's important to realize for the freaks that this isn't BTC Pay. They aren't using no. BTC Pay. What is cool about BTC Pay though is when the announcement happened, BTC Pay guys weren't sure if they were using it or not because it's free and open source software. So if, if Tesla was going to use BTC Pay Server, they didn't necessarily have to talk to anyone from BTC Pay Server, which is crazy. That, that's, that's the beauty of, of, of fucking FOSS right there. It's all happening, freaks. It's all happening. And this is what you want to see. Tesla's going to get in, skin in the game. You don't want them to see them put Bitcoin on their balance sheet and then use something like BitPay to accept Bitcoin payments. So, if, I mean, and they have like... One of the co-founders of Sphinx, I think I'm like comfortable saying this because I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge, like is a Tesla SpaceX guy. I didn't know that. Now it's public knowledge. Yeah. Sorry if I blew up anybody's spot. But, live. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it live. But, I just want to, before I forget, I just want to do two quick shout outs. Uh, there's a, some good Bitcoiners are throwing a New York City Bitcoiners meetup tonight. Um, so if you're in the New York city area, go to that, um, Washington square park. Yeah. I believe it's a Washington square park. I mean, if, if you, if you're not in the know, then, you know, go check the, the channels that you're supposed to check to, to find that out. If not, you can reach out to me and that I will not be there, unfortunately. And then Houston, I think it's the first Houston bit devs. Yeah. The uh, recording and audio shout out for us. Yeah. So shout out to the freaks that are going to be doing that. And if you're in the Houston area, Reach out to Justin Moon and I think it's Ben the Carmen, right? No, I think it's uh, that dirtbag Al. I think Ben is is driving it's, down with Justin to do the first bit down. Up, up, up. Houston's up. north. Of Whatever. It's, it doesn't matter. I apologize, Texans, for not knowing your geography. Up. Up. That could be wrong. Uncle Marty's not. You a, could be wrong. You just corrected me, bro. I'm pretty sure Houston. it's north. Houston's on the coast. One of the freaks will. Houston's on the coast. I'm going to have to pull up a map now. I'm pretty sure Houston's on the coast. Anyway, there's a meetup in Houston. The first bit devs ever in Houston. I'm pretty sure is the first bit devs ever in Houston. You know, if you're in the Houston area, figure out how to go to that. It'll be a good fucking time. Check it out, freaks. And again, like Matt mentioned, or I mentioned, they're going to be doing an audio shout out. And I teased it a little bit earlier talking about the podcasting 2.0 capabilities and the value block. 
I want to integrate audio clips like they do on No Agenda in this show. I think it would add a lot of value. What do you think, Matt? I'm 100% down for audio shout-outs. Audio shout-outs, but then like audio clips and stuff, like how you start Citadel Dispatch with like clips. Like if we want to talk down. about a subject and there's like a 30-second like little rip. I love that idea. I just right. want constant iteration. Always getting I wanted, better. I want to keep it fresh. I just want to have fun with the freaks. Why are we doing this shit? Why do we fucking do this shit every week for over two years? Because it's fucking. This is the future. This is this is hope. This is this is fun. You know, this is why we're here. You know, if if if, if I didn't have Bitcoin, if I didn't have the freaks, if I didn't have Bitcoiners, that would be a fucking shitty ass world to live in. I would be fucking lost right now. Bitcoin is hope. Niagara, I, was, I had a conversation with uh, somebody who went to my high school, a younger lad went to my high school, reached out to me after meeting at an alumni event in New York like a few years ago. And we caught up this week and just, he was just like, oh, like your family and friends must love you. And I was like, they don't listen to me. Like, Thank God for you, Bitcoiners. I get to come out. That's why I write every day. That's why I do the podcast because I literally have to go outside my family and like immediate friend group. I don't talk about Bitcoin anymore to find the freaks where we can talk about this. Houston is east of Austin, not north, uh, not south. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> Shout out to uh, David Havel, freak in the, in the live chat, letting us know about the proper geography. Um, I would also just add there that it's pretty funny uh, when I find out after the fact that I have like uh, friends who I thought were no corners who have just been secretly listening to the podcast for like the last eight months uh, and have just been stacking. You know, they just like secret freaks in my life. I love it. Yeah, it's like the the um, like a silent head nod, like at the end of uh, Batman, the Dark Knight Rises. It's like Alfred, like yeah, I see you bitcoining over there, but I'm not going to acknowledge it in person. Microsoft just launched Ion on Mainnet. This is something that's been talked about for quite a while. What do you feel about it? So like, Ion is a second layer identity um decentralized Decentralized identity identity, they're calling it yeah so like that's like been a big meme for quite a while in the bitcoin slash crypto space is like how do you do identity on the blockchain is it worthwhile i I go back and forth like do you want i do we want identity like is this like a reputation system like synonymous identity this is what we want yes it's it, it can be pseudonymous or it can be as 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 for your privacy as possible. You can connect as much as you want to it. Look, both this and NFTs come down to a simple concept, digital signatures, okay? Instead of physical signatures where you use a pen and you sign shit, you sign shit with your private key, okay? And, and, and there's, a, there's a reputation tied to that private key. Now, NFTs are filled with bullshit hype and all this other fucking garbage and, and lots of pump and dumps and people trying to squeeze their audience dry and it's mostly like a marshmallow test of how much integrity you have. You People know, how dumping all the Zeth and saying this is a bubble. Right, exactly. But at the core, we come back down to digital signatures. And that's where we see in decentralized identity, this did system that Microsoft's proposing. And basically the reason, the, the most important tangible reason that we need this um, is because we're entering the world of deep fakes. And the freaks know this shit because they love using all these face swap apps that like put our face on some random, you know, yeah. meme or whatever. Uh, and, and some of them, 
you know, they'll put us on like Christina Aguilera or something. And it looks kind of realistic. It looks pretty close. Right. And they're using some shitty free app on their iPhone. Um, so it's going to get more realistic and we're going to get to the point very, very soon. where, like, if you're the president or if you're a CEO of a company or something, or if you're us, like every single RHRE release is going to oh, have to have not us. Not no, us. no, no, us as well, because they're not going to attack us. Yeah, we're low on the totem. Pole. No, no, no. But Marty, Marty, we're podcasters. So they have when they start doing the audio deep freaks. They have so much information on us. They have us saying like every single fucking word ever. There's going to be episodes where we're just shilling Link and we're just saying like Link is the future. Can and the AI mispronounce things as good use. as I can, though? That's the question. But my point is every single episode we release and every single statement that comes out of the, the White House or every single statement that comes out of a company's press release is going to have to have a digital signature attached to it. And if it doesn't have a digital signature attached to it, people are going to assume it's fake. And if you're like on the ground, let's say like the, the most recent, like you're filming police abuse or something at a protest, right? People are going to assume it's fake unless there's digital signatures attached to it. Now, is the police officer or someone going to sign that digital, sign their digital signature that they were there, you know, abusing a citizen? No. But if you have a couple activists that have reputation, good reputation that says, I saw this video being filmed and I put my reputation on the line and I signed that sign with my digital signature then it becomes more believable. So as we enter this world, this post-truth world, uh, we're gonna need to rely more and more on digital signatures. And the average person is gonna have to realize that they're gonna have to protect their private key. Um, and ultimately that private key should be anchored in some kind of public distributed ledger. And that's basically where ION comes in. I agree, I agree. That's actually one of the first things, that's something I was, if you go back early episode of TFTC, Santiago Siri and I actually talked about this pretty much in depth, like second interview of TFTC. And that's actually one of the first things I asked Drew Bonsall when he was like asking me like, hey, as an Unchained customer, like what would make you like more comfortable with our product? I was like, how are you preparing for defigs? Like, I know you guys do the video conference stuff. Like when you want to confirm that somebody's signing a key. Uh, to move a lot of funds, but like in the future where deep fakes exist, how can you confirm and like prepare for that? And so something like ION is extremely encouraging to see if you have uh, a digital identity that you can prove with the signature, it's it's definitely going to be necessary. And like, have you seen the Tom Cruise one? Like the Tom Cruise one's insane. Yeah, I mean, that looks, like, that's exactly what I'm talking about, but that's like a more advanced person, right? That's yeah. That's someone who's trying to prove their tech out. Uh, through like the most 2020 means way 2021 means possible which is to create a social media uh, I guess it's a TikTok right he created a TikTok dedicated to it it's scary how real it looks though how much it sounds like him but like it did he so have good. to act out the mannerisms like that's the thing no, I don't no, no there was no approval apparently there was no approval from Tom Cruise Look, no no I'm not saying like I'm saying that the guy deep faking yes. Tom Cruise like yes. he had to get the yes. manners. There was an actor. There was an actor who was already a Tom Cruise, like good at being a Tom Cruise impersonator. And then you put the finishing touches on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Woo. But we're getting to the point where that's going to become less and less necessary. And, and the effort is going to become less and less. I mean, just like the perfect example is Photoshop, <laughs> right? Like Photoshop was really fucking difficult in the beginning. And now Photoshop's just assume like you see a still picture and there's just no reason you should ever trust that still picture, right? Yeah, I mean, Instagram filters, you, you never trust that the girl is actually 
looks the way she does. Or the guy. Yeah. Welcome to the future, freaks. It's a bold future. It's a scary future. We were born at an inflection point where things are going to change at a crazy pace. The the pace of change is going to be insane. The the step function improvements, whether or not you see them as improvements or digressions from civil society, doesn't matter. Things are going to change fast. They are changing fast. So be prepared. That's what we're trying to make you freaks aware of here at TFTC. FTX closing a $7 million per year deal for the Miami Heat Arena. I'm not like a big FTX stan. The cool part isn't FTX. Uh, the cool part is Suarez is making fucking moves. The mayor of Miami. And, yes. And what people don't realize here, the nuance is, is so this news came out like behind a paywall in Miami Herald, but without like strong sources. And then when it looked like the vote was definitely going to pass, it showed up in a pump piece on, on New York times. Um, that is about him turning the city into a, a tech and Bitcoin focused city. Um, and what's interesting here is the Miami heat actually signed a deal with the city of Miami. So, so the city of Miami actually negotiates all naming rights and they keep the lion's share of the naming rights and they pay a flat fee to the heat of $2 million per year. So of that $7 million deal, 5 million is going to the city of Miami and the city of Miami is putting it to, I think, uh, it's like to anti-crime and, and anti-gun violence. Uh, so it's a nice little publicity boost, right? First of all, uh, for, you know, Bitcoin money is going to, to, to these, these important causes. And then second of all, I think it showcases that Suarez and his government are prioritizing uh, Bitcoin-focused companies, right? Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some rival offers that were competitive there and they went with the one that was a Bitcoin exchange. Agreed. I actually saw some, I forget exactly where I saw, but I saw some language coming from the city of Miami that they were going to try to pressure the state to get similar legislation passed uh, like that has been passed in Wyoming. Right. That was the other thing. He was like, we're, we're basically going to just try and ape all the Wyoming laws. Yeah. I mean, this is what we want to see, right? We want to see challenger cities and challenger we talked about this last week. Yeah start fighting each other and uh, improving everyone's standing improves like give. I love to see this give power back to the States it, go lower back to the cities is even better to see, but have these States, these cities, these municipalities compete for, I mean, we can say Bitcoiners, but at the end of the day, it's just like citizens at large like taxpayers and like create the best situation for the taxpayers in your location and compete and it's beautiful to see and it's like i think michael krieger tweeted it out yesterday or the day before but like a lot of people talk about secession like texas wyoming the pacific northwest like seceding from the country but instead of like like overt secession it's just going to be a bunch of sovereign individuals and sovereign states just ignoring the federal government which is exactly what you want to see you don't want to see like upfront com- confrontations. Like, all right, we're just millions of people living in this, these borders and we want to do things this way. So we're going to do things this way. Like, please leave us alone. And again, Bitcoin provides like a perfect opportunity. If you get Bitcoiners in your domiciled in your borders and they're building businesses and accumulating Bitcoin, starting to feed Bitcoin into your circular local economy, 
and Bitcoin keeps appreciating a price as it's in its monetization phase, like you can literally give the finger to the federal government and say, we don't need your federal funding. Like we literally don't need it. We we've made so much money from accumulating Bitcoin and holding it uh, within our borders that we don't need your funding. We can self fund. And when you take it to the next level and consider all the states out there that people typically would look to to secede overtly, and how many natural resources they have that they could potentially use to mine Bitcoin, it's mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. I, I think uh, Michael Liberty Blitz hit the hit the nail on the head there. Like people think like there's just going to be this like outward civil war type of situation, um, where where really what happens is the le- legitimacy of the federal government and the power they wield is just going to slowly get more and more eroded, um, and it, it does it does very much feel like we hit we hit like it was a gradual and then suddenly right, which is, is is Parker Lewis's words, but it's words that we've constantly reiterated on this podcast, usually talk about Bitcoin. But uh, in this case, it's about the legitimacy of the federal government. And 2020 just seems like a year that just like all of a sudden, like it just like the curtain was pulled, right? It was just all of a sudden it was like, wait, maybe people don't, you know, maybe the people that were in charge don't really know what the fuck's going on and we should do this more locally. Yeah. And then you see what's going on now. Like Biden, like tripping up the steps. People are like, just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, how's this like looking at like, how's that dude our president? Like, you can't even form a coherent sentence. And they're like, uh, should we be trusting these people to make decisions for us on a national basis? And it's like, yeah, probably not. And that's a beautiful thing. Like, trust your local government. And that is, And again, this is an argument I've made time and time again. It is impractical to think that D.C., the federal government located in D.C., can actually make smart decisions for all of America, which is one of the largest countries by landmass in the world. Like the, the information is so far away from the source of decision making, which is predominantly in D.C., that like literally you cannot expect that to produce a good outcome. Like the, the decision makers are so far away from the information sources that they can't make good decisions. That's why we need to get back to states' rights, local city rights. They are closer, by definition, like scientifically, to the information of their local citizens. This is exactly what you want to see. And again, Bitcoin, like the terrorist Nick Carter likes to say, is the most peaceful revolution that we could hope for. Yeah, hundred percent. We we and and. Uh... We can, for the PC people, we can call that that localism, or you know, as I prefer to call it, we could call that citadel theory. Yeah, no, yeah, you sold me on citadel theory a long time ago, but we're gonna call it localism <laughs> to ease people in, ease people into it. Another bullish. This is hilarious. Uh, and somebody tweet, I forget who tweeted this out, but like this week was a classic buy the rumor, sell the news week. Uh, Fidelity yesterday announced that they filed for a Bitcoin ETF. Um, the price immediately dumped, but this probably is the most likely ETF to get approved, would you say? I, it doesn't matter, guys. Like, I, I'm done with ETF. I put this on the list, but I'm also done with ETF watching. Like, there's six other ETFs that are proposed. The regulators are going to either allow ETF or they're not going to allow an ETF. And as far as I'm concerned, every second they fucking delay, I'm going to continue to front run the majority of Americans. So... Um, yeah, I mean, they, they allow, they, I love the, I love our, our peeps at ARC, 
but like they allow ARK to have like all these speculative ETFs and like they have an ETF that's just uh, a SPACs. So just like, just, just, just uh, stocks that they expect to be taken over for a public private merger. And there's like three, I don't, they don't, ARK doesn't have it, but there's also like other companies that offer like three X long and three X short ETFs and stuff. There's so many irresponsible financial products available and they keep pretending that Bitcoin ETF is, is the irresponsible one. Um, so it's all bullshit and ultimately it will get approved. Um, and it seems like the market is expecting it. Um, so I, I expect it more, but I, I feel like the watching is kind of, um, counterintuitive. One thing I would mention though, is, you know, that GBTC discount is at its <laughs> all time high right now. What's I think it at? I haven't been paying attention earlier today before I did, I, I had, I was in a, meeting right before this so i didn't check after but right before that meeting um it was at negative 14 percent oh shit um so if the freaks remember the so-called fud we said about BlockFi, um it seems like that is still in play as far as i'm concerned but i i wonder um like that's that's a pretty and that that's a that's a 14 percent discount after barry and um DCG basically backstopped the whole thing. And they were like, we're just going to start buying on the open market to try and reduce the discount. And it keeps happening. Oh, shit. Okay, it's 9.9% now, according to Rad Vladdy in the comments. Negative um, 9.9%. But it was at negative 14% earlier. Uh, as you know, the markets are now closed uh, for those traditional finance people, which is super weird. Um, but yeah, I just in general, like with this dip, uh, and people like calling tops and stuff <laughs> that makes me feel rejuvenated. You know, right. it's nice to be contrarian again. I want to be contrarian again. I do as well. There's been too much winning, too much winning. We need too to much brought winning. down the brought, brought down the earth. And yeah, we need to humble ourselves, if you will. Uh, for, a wise man once said that. Uh, sticking on the Fidelity ETF, Alex Thorne, who's now the head of research at Galaxy, but was formerly that had a research at Fidelity or was on the research team at Fidelity. I don't know if he was the head per se, but I think this was an interesting tidbit from him. The ETS name is Wise Origin. Um, and that is, I'm going to read a tweet here from Alex. Why? Uh, I can't read the Japanese because I don't know any Japanese outside of Oshibori. Would you like a warm towel? I worked at a Japanese restaurant in college and that was the only Japanese phrase I've ever had to say in my life is like Oshibori. Um so Wise Origin is the name of the ETF. Uh, Satoshi in Katakana or Satoshi in Kanji means wisdom or sense. And Nakamoto in Katakana or Nakamoto in Kanji means base, root, or origin. So Wise Origin, they're giving homage to Satoshi with the name of their ETF. Yeah, I mean, I, as, as far as like one of the largest asset managers in the world goes like fidelity is pretty based. Like I'll give Very best. Um, but like ultimately like, come on freaks. Like I don't want any of you buying the ETF. And I, I even said, I even said like um, when the GBTC uh, went from premium to negative, I said something like anyone who's surprised uh, that it went negative, hasn't been paying attention. Um, like it, it's only because of, of uneducated investors who thought there was, you know, no better option when in fact, it's not a great way of holding Bitcoin. Um, and a bunch of people commented underneath like, Oh, this is the only way to do it for your IRA. Yada, yada, yada. It's not, 
And, and we're going to hear the same exact thing about the ETF. It's not. You go to keykeeperira.com and our boy Vandrew will fucking hook you up with the self-custody IRA solution. And recently he's been working with our sponsor, Unchained Cap, to make that even easier. Um, so this, this idea that this is the only way for you to hold via IRA is bullshit. Bullshit. It has and, been for years. It's, it's just been running his key exactly. keeper thing for years. Like. Exactly. So there's no good reason unless you're a boomer that's not a freak and isn't on here and isn't like inter like if you're if you're listening to rabbit hole recap every week, you owe it to yourself to figure out a better way to use your IRA than use GBTC or a future Bitcoin. ETF. And Jeff that's has it down. Way. Jeff has it down pat. He's going to make it easy for you. Now he's teaming up with Unchained Capital that you can use their vault product it's like make it even easier more seamless like again disclaimer sponsor but like honestly like i'd love jeff jeff has been on this podcast many times i trust that man and he runs a very very tight ship at the keykeeper ira like he can get it <laughs> you can literally have an ira and buy bitcoin yourself and hold the keys like and why wouldn't point, you do that the point is even though we do trust jeff you don't have to really. I mean, you do a little bit, especially if you're uneducated because he's holding your hand. Uh, but especially with the Unchained partnership, it's the, the, the trust is minimized, it, especially if you compare it to like a GBTC or a fucking ETF, a future ETF. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I've always said this. BTC is the ETF. Like, why would you not just like hold it yourself? Dude, stay humble stack sats, guys. It's, it's literally like, you could just just not pay attention to anything else. Just learn how to use your own node. Just hold your own keys and stay humble, stack sats, and that's it. And and, and that that's what everyone who's charging you for their paid group um, or their paid newsletter isn't admitting to you. Be aware, be aware, freaks. Lolly, they raised five million from Serena Williams and her husband Alex Hanahan. <laughs> Why are you clapping? Why are you clapping? <laughs> Because you used my editorialized headline. <laughs> Her husband. <laughs> but because uh, because everyone was running with uh, everyone was running with Serena Williams and uh, Alexis O'Hanahan, Reddit co-founder, uh, invested in Lolly, but they're married. You know, it's just like a, it was. You know, I, I'm happy for all the people over at Lolly, uh, the team over at Lolly. But I just thought it was hilarious that they were just you know. It was like it was Reddit co-founder plus Serena Williams, tennis superstar, invest in Lolly, but they have a fucking child together. They have a joint bank account. It's coming from both their funds. Yeah, they have two separate VC funds, to be fair, but still. Okay. Thank you for reading my editorialized headline. Oh, I love you. I do that on purpose because you, you think <laughs> you think hard about them. Yeah, I would not want to eliminate your hard work by by not reading the headline the way you will. Shout out to Lolly. Guys don't know Lolly. They're helping you get sats back as you shop on the internet. CFTC fines Coinbase $6.5 million for Litecoin bullshit. It's about time. I've been talking about this on the podcast for years. You can go back. I don't can't say the exact opposite or excuse me, the exact <laughs> episodes where I've said this. But I said the conflict of interest of Charlie leaving the CTO Coinbase and them listing Litecoin is like blew my mind. I said that early on in this podcast and the CFTC agrees with me and they said it was fucking wash trading. Like he put up orders. Wait, 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 wait. They didn't say Charlie Lee specifically, even though I was, I'm right there with you. I've been saying that about Charlie this whole time. They said 
a Coinbase employee made up 99% of the yeah. Litecoin. Who the fuck was it? At some points. Who the they fuck was it? They, they didn't say it was their CTO, but goddamn if it wasn't, you know? Pretty sure it was him. Right, the, the moral hazard. Ugh. I can't be, I'm not fully vindicated. I can't say I'm fully vindicated, but, and I'm not the only one to say, I'm not saying like, oh, Uncle Marty's been on a lone horse screaming this for years, but it was very incestuous how it all went down. The CFTC find Coinbase, not for Charlie Lee specifically, but for an employee who made it seem like there was more Litecoin volume in the open markets than there actually was. And they added Litecoin to Coinbase. They didn't find them enough. Six and a half million dollars for that bullshit is not enough. You know how much money they cost retail over that garbage? I mean, this was 2016. This was the, the second altcoin ever added to Coinbase. First was Ethereum and then was Litecoin. In 2016, right before all the shit happened. So Litecoin was trading at like fucking nothing and then proceeded to go on a fucking insane ass run. And then Charlie sold the top and then left Coinbase. Yeah, I mean, like it's staring everybody right in the face. Like it's like this is exactly what fucking happened, but nobody wants to come out and say it. It's so fucked. And then like, let's can we have some Coinbase aid here for a little bit? Oh, I mean, we actually usually we don't hate on Coinbase. <laughs> yeah, continue. I mean, the Bcash launch too, the Ninja launch. Yes. Have you heard the rumors why they did that? The way they did it. Which rumors? I mean, just like they knew that their employees were front running the trade. Oh yeah, that's obvious. You can see it on the chart. Yeah, it's insane. It's. They also launched it at like eight thirty p.m. on a Tuesday. On a or Tuesday. Something. <laughs> we did. You guys can go back too, freaks. Go back, run the tapes. We had an emergency TFTC episode like December of 2017 when this happened. It was me, Matt Brown, and Lewis. I think Barstool Nate was on it too, and it was like a 30 minute episode. And we talked about. I called it out that day. I was like, "This is bullshit. This is insane." Yeah, I remember that was chaos. People were calling me like panicking. They were like, "Is is Bcash going to be the one that wins?" I have a tweet. That's like literally the top of that garbage. I think at one point, the closest it got on Coinbase was it, it almost hit 50% of Bitcoin value. And at the time, Bitcoin was trading um, at like 9K and, and Bcash was trading at like $4,500. Um, and now, you know, and, and now Bitcoin is trading at, at uh, well, the chart says right in front of us, 52K. Well, really on the real exchange, 57K. And Bcash is trading at like $200 or something. Yeah. All bullshit. All bullshit. I just telegrammed you because I think this is uh, breaking news that we should talk about. Let's see. Especially considering the next topic, which is the new FATFA enhanced KYC guidelines. Oh, shit. Right? Pertinent to this topic, right? Yeah, obviously. So... The Financial Action Task Force, an unelected group of assholes in France, or they're not all French, but it's where they congregate to make these guidelines, uh, the KYC AML guidelines that no, Marty Zal, I didn't cause any audio issues yet, you asshole. 
Go away, also, I mean, if you're going to call out the live chat, Zorn101 is asking when we're going to do a Friday night TFTC where me and you just get super sloshed and talk trash. We do that every Thursday for the last <laughs> two and a half years. Did we not talk enough trash on Coinbase? <laughs> Are we not getting drunk enough for you freaks? I'm drinking McAllen 15 right now. Really? Yeah. No one can tell because your camera is off. Awarded, awarded to me by a freak. Uh, which McAllen 15? Uh, Highland single malt scotch whiskey double cask. Double cask. This always says Highland single malt. Uh, I'm drinking Mezcal Convit, 100% agave. I've been on a Mezcal kick lately, uh, and it, it's just it's just very delicious. So cheers to that, freaks. Cheers. But back to more pressing issues. Uh, Financial Action Task Force is out. They're putting forth new guidelines, and these guidelines are pretty aggressive. We've been warning you freaks about this for some time, but it looks like this is the most aggressive move to ban peer-to-peer transactions. The way you, you read uh, the guidelines they're putting forth. I believe it was specifically section 21A, which is a bit ironic. They basically say, like, so they, they define virtual asset service providers, VASP as they call them, um, as being responsible for making sure that they don't uh, co-make or uh, allow bitcoin to go to wallets that enable p2p transactions so i think this is could be an attack on lightning too the way it's worded well um, that's what coin said so i put in the list both the actual direct source to the fatfa quote-unquote guidelines uh which fatfa is as marty will always remind you is an unelected organization um that really doesn't technically enact laws but all the cuck uh governments underneath them usually comply with it um, regardless. And they, a lot of times it'll go above and be above and beyond uh, what those guidelines are. Um, then underneath, I also posted the coin center, uh, like basically summary and response to it. And, and coin center also agrees that it's lightning related. Um, our boy, Brad Mills uh, went at coin center. Uh, Brad, trying, Brad, take a chill pill, bro. Like that's not absolutely. He's not yeah. exerting adversarial thinking. Like he's like, oh, this is nothing. Well, no, no. He's saying what he, so what his argument was, and I think he is, you know, as with everything else, there's, there's shades of gray. He's, he's mostly right. Is that I think the majority of the guidelines is focused on the DeFi shenanigans, the quote unquote DeFi shit over on Ethereum. Um, when, when, when these, these companies pretend they're decentralized and they're not right. And we see that a lot in DeFi land. We're seeing that right now with this, this, this newest uh, garbage coming out called BitClout, uh, which is led by all these VCs. Oh my and they pretend gosh, dude. Even in their white paper, in all their shit, they're like, we're decentralized, we're this and that and that, but they're really centralized, they're controlling shit, right? So FATFA is basically saying, look, we're not idiots, we're aware of your decentralization theater, and if there's centralized actors that we can pressure, we're going to make them implement KYC. Um, so that mostly applies to DeFi, but it also applies to Bitcoin in a lot of ways. And specifically on Lightning, um, a lot of the projects that I, I, we like and we support here on Tales from the Crypt are that are self-custody Lightning that are user-friendly. They're really like quasi-self-custody. There's argument, there's centralization vectors there. Um, and no one likes to talk about it because regulators will be listening. Talk about but- it. Name names. I mean, I mean, look, I, I love both of these services, but like Breeze and Breeze and fucking Phoenix, dope ass apps. They're providing liquidity 
to your to your your wallet on your phone um and and you're trusting their node you're not running your node full time right and and the trust model for lightning is supposed to be that you either run it full time or you have a watchtower watching but it's fine in breeze and phoenix as long as you assume they're not going to attack you while you're offline um but there's a centralization act aspect there uh and and it kind of feels like fatfa is like pulling at that string is pulling at those you know, those the little centralization elements that we see in, in order to make the UX of, of, of lightning usage easier. Yeah. I mean, it's Sphinx chat too, as well. Like they're manually processing the, the on-chain transactions, at least everything's right. happening. Like every, all the messaging and stuff is happening. Lightning node, lightning node, but that one aspect um, or like the Noddle Cloud, which is if you're if you're using a hosted node through Sphinx, it's technically your own node, but it's running on their server. They're running the code, right? Um, so there's like these centralization aspects that they can hit if they want to hit them. If they really just hate us that much that they just want to go after free people that are doing nothing wrong, um, then they can do that if they want to. And this is kind of uh fatfa's way of of telling that in like the most annoying legalized legalese speak that's not concise at all because that's like what all these fucking organizations do they're never fucking concise about anything um but i i do agree with brad that i think the majority of of the purpose of this guidelines um was focused on DeFi, and and we've talked about this on the pod before that they they provide a, a bit of a cloud cover for us right? Like they're doing the most crazy fucking shit in the most obviously centralized ways. And they're breaching securities violations left and right. And they're doing all this fucking different things that are getting the ire of regulators and regulators are most likely to go after them first before they realize that this other project is, is trying to completely supplant them as a global reserve money. Right. And, and in that way, we should be a little bit thankful for, that whole that whole mess that's being made over in DeFi land. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin side guys said this very eloquently when he first came on the podcast. They provide cover to an extent, but I'd rather these DeFi stupid projects fail on their merit than 100%. FATFA come in and fucking... Uh, Matt, you can't see it because I don't have my camera on, but I'm standing up right now. I'm getting fucking heated. I hate the fact that FATFA exists. Like, we're we're well aware, dude, that you don't like FATFA. I mean, and so is FATFA. I assume if they have any kind of Google alerts set up for like FATFA plus demons or something like that, <laughs> they're literal demons. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? Like, honestly, how can an unelected board of fucking demons decide what we can and cannot do with our money? Like, why are they able to feed these guidelines to our governments and our regulators and have them enact these laws? Fuck these people. Like, why do they exist? Why were they allowed to be formed in the first place? Why do we not have any say in this? Why is nobody asking these questions? Why? Maybe that annoying three-year-old. Marty, none, like, this is why Bitcoin exists. This is why we Bitcoin. I know, but they're coming after. They're coming after us. It's coming. It's coming, freaks. It's coming. They're going to come after us. Who has the balls to stand up? Like, are you going to keep your Lightning Network node running? Are you going to keep doing P2P transactions? Are you going to keep coin joining? I know I am. 
I don't want to go to jail. I don't think I should go to jail. I'm not doing anything wrong. I like privacy in the digital age and I like freedom of association and freedom of economic activity. I think these are pretty benign beliefs, uh, but they're not because they're not benign in the eyes of FATFA and the people who want to rule over you. And they could throw us in a cage for all this shit one day. Like they're literally erecting the, the vernacular, the verbiage, the laws that will allow them to literally throw us in cages for wanting free freedom of association. This is why I think it's super important. Well, first of all, cheers to the freaks. I think we've officially brought sats into the mainstream. I think, I think you know, we saw Jack today uh, with his block clock in the background of his congressional speech on sats per dollar. I think sats are mainstream. Sorry to all the bits lovers. Uh, you, lost, you lost that war. Um, Sats are the standard. We've made it. Uh, will they become more of the standard? Yes, but we've already made it. And it's beautiful to fucking see. And the next thing that I think is really important as a narrative for the freaks to champion is open monetary competition. I don't care what money you use, but everyone should have the choice of which money they choose to use. And if you're Reed. against that, then you're against freedom, period. Right. I completely agree. I completely agree. And that's like, it's funny. It's like one of the misnomers that people like to throw at Bitcoin maximalists for being like, oh, you shouldn't shitcoin. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't see that. Like you're anti-competition. It's like, no, the, the position of the Bitcoin maximalist, which is a term that Vitalik threw on us, and we happily adopted just to be like, fuck you, whatever. Yeah, we're Bitcoin maximalists, whatever is. Uh, we believe that free market competition will play out and you, you are not going to create a better money than Bitcoin. It is literally impossible. You can't replicate its inception, its monetary policy, the proof of work consensus mechanism, the distribution of nodes that exist, the ability for individuals to download a full node on, on hardware that is acceptable to many, many people. Again, I think these are the properties that make Bitcoin the best money. And I do believe it should be able to compete on the free and open market, whether it be with altcoins or fiat currencies. And I think it is doing that right now, and it is winning. It's winning mindshare. Certainly not the biggest yet, but it's made a lot of strides, significant strides. And, it, ah, and like, did did the uh, Augustine Carson, did he do that announcement after record last week? Uh, the, the one that I used for dispatch, the beginning of dispatch? Yeah. That's actually from October. Oh, it is. Yeah, there's like all these different accounts now that are just using the pomp method if they like don't post sources and they just like go for engagement. Um, and like one of them posted it, but it was still relevant, which is why I used it on dispatch. And then I said immediately after dispatch started that it was October 2020. Um, but yeah. Okay. And we don't have to go there. But no, no. I mean, the point is, is that he basically he's the head of the bank of banks. And he basically spelled out exactly what we've been saying on this fucking show is that the idea is you get rid of cash and you force everyone into fucking their so-called quote unquote CBDCs, which is a blockchain based central bank digital currency. Is it even blockchain based? I, you, you, you put it on like a fucking ripple and you make it as trackable as fucking possible. And you, and you just make sure that it's easy to seize and easy to block. And that's exactly what they want to fucking do. And if we don't have a cash alternative, 
um, and independent money that people can use without permission privately, then we are fucked. Then we become slaves to the global elite, period. And, 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 and this is why Bitcoin gives me hope. This is why we focus on what we focus on. And to reiterate what Marty said earlier, like as far as I'm concerned, you shitcoin as much as you want. If you're, if you're going to be a shitcoin promoter and you're not going to discuss the trade-offs, then I will call you out. But if you just want to be an average person and you shitcoin, do it. I believe in monetary competition. I think you will end up with less Bitcoin. I, I think you should just stay humble and stack sats instead of trying to shade, trade all these different shitcoins against Bitcoin. But if you want to, like, absolutely do it. Uh, but, but consider being at least a proper shitcoiner about it and using your own shitcoin node. Agreed. If it's even possible. Which it isn't in many cases. Which should lead you to believe that it's not as good of a money in the digital age that it probably should be. Uh, we got some Bitcoin node software updates coming up soon. But first, we have to go to our our boys. Are they our boys? Tom Is Tom Robinson your boy? Haven't you been on a panel with him before? <laughs> our, our boys over at the surveillance firm Elliptic. Yeah. I see he's going by Dr. Tom Robinson right now. Do we have to? I like um, I, I like Tom for a person who sur- surveils us as a living. I, <laughs> among his peers, he's one of my favorites. Wow. That's saying a lot. Let me put it that, let me put it that way. I think he's like pretty frank about things. So I appreciate, I appreciate that aspect of it. So he's up front. Anyway, we're, we're linking to an archive link. I can't actually get to the headline because there's some, they want me to download something on, what? The, archive, really? on the archive website. The, yeah. the archive link doesn't work for you. Oh, you know what it is. They have a pop-up on the elliptic thing. The archive. Oh, do you think they're trying to block my archive links? Something's going on. Get oh, crypto. Fuckers. Here it is. Get crypto compliant certified exclamation point. The elliptic, okay. So let me read this. Let me read okay, this. Go. It's like the, to articulate how convoluted these fucking people are the elliptic learn certify bundle earned you a double certification fiu connect in parentheses crypto assets plus in parentheses fundamental aml the only university recognized hands-on learning experience that levels up your understanding of emerged emerging financial crime threats and how to respond <laughs> individual team and enterprise packages available download the candidate handbook today yo tom tom we know you're a freak um Consider uh, consider giving me a free certification to be a surveillance cuck. Like what? Well, I, like I feel like I should get a free certification there. Um, anyway, the, the the brunt of the article I thought was interesting is something that we already talked about, but they described it pretty well over on their blog. Um, is Hydra the largest dark market? Period. Is a Russian only dark market where they only speak in the Russian language. Um, and Elliptic explained their process of the dead drops. Remember, we talked about this on the show where they like give you the coordinates and then you go and you leave your money in the coordinate. You pay them in Bitcoin and then you, you go and pick up whatever the package is. Um, and recently, Hydra has been specializing in cash to Bitcoin as well. Uh, so you go to the dead drop and there's cash waiting for you instead of drugs. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's happening. So it's, that's one thing. Like looking at the chart, from what I can see, like are these are they like how much is the U.S. dollar value 
like how much has been hodled on the Hydra exchange at that time versus like the, the time of when the goods were exchanged. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the value of Bitcoin going up inflating these numbers? I guess that's the question. No, no, it isn't. What's really yeah. cool about their system. Um, it, are you running your VPN? Uh, not at the moment. For okay, So I won't even send you the regular link. Um, what's really cool about uh, their system is, is that you're able to complete a trade in like 40 minutes. Uh, as opposed to a traditional dark market where, you know, you're waiting for, for your fucking package to come in the mail for two weeks or whatever. Um, you, you can literally, and, and the overwhelming majority of their business happens in Moscow proper. So right? it's like a, it's like a, a carrier like, weed dealer in New York city. Right. Like if you're a New Yorker, you're probably like pretty aware of like getting weed or cocaine or something via text message. Yeah. Uh, and then like all of a sudden, like a random underling shows up on whatever street you tell them to come to, or they come straight uh, to your apartment. You, you, you I mean, want your like doorman. Poor OPSEC, hey. poor OPSEC, Marty. Hey, somebody's um, coming. Uh, but you don't uh, want to meet on the corner. It's not like, it's not my decision, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in the evolution of that. And they provide them at dead drop. So it's like, they'll give you like coordinates. And what's really cool uh, that they talked about an elliptic is, originally when we first talked about it on the show, they would like put it under benches and stuff, right? Which is what you see in spy movies. Um, but the Russian authorities have become more aware. So now they legit will dig like a hole and they'll bury it under like six inches of dirt. Well, it's in Russia, so it's in centimeters, but they'll bury it under six inches of dirt and then they'll text you the coordinates and you like use the app and then you like dig it up. Look at how much these these drug dealers are innovating like they're literally doing drop-offs with coordinates and creating apps to like lead people to the drugs maybe we shouldn't be making these illegal and these minds should be focused on building some productive things how insane is that it's pretty cool man i mean it's it's like i mean you just like people will always find a way yeah well what is it what is it's the jurassic park quote life finds finds a way way. yeah (laughs) And I got like a visions of Jeff Goldblum running. I, <laughs> I wonder how many freaks like were brought up on Jeff Goldblum saying that. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's like, well, in that same vein, Bitcoin will find a way. These governments can try to ban it. They can try to do whatever they want, but pe- freaks will find a way to run nodes and propagate peer-to-peer transactions. Like Bitcoin is a perfect representation of that that's saying life finds a way bitcoin is life it will find a way there's going to be fights don't don't get us wrong it's not going to be easy we skipped we skipped the thing you sent me though oh yeah we did skip the thing i sent you uh going back to fatfa um they obviously they put out those new guidelines shout out to the no bullshit bitcoin my favorite Telegram chat. You guys need to get on Sphinx. So I'd love to consume your content on Sphinx. Uh, they at 4.07 p.m. Eastern. So almost an hour ago now. They kind of caught it. Binance adds two former FATFA members to its team of advisors. Binance is a honeypot. It's official now. I mean, this is what I was saying. Like, I would, to you know, when all the takes were coming out about Binance getting... 
I guess, investigated by some American authority. I forget which American authority was investigating them. And people were comparing it to BitMEX. And the difference is, is that CZ and Binance have always complied and have gone above and beyond to comply to begin with. Um, and Binance doesn't want to be BitMEX. Binance wants to be Coinbase. And that's been readily apparent for a long fucking time. And ironically, Coinbase wants to be Binance, which is hilarious because Coinbase should want to be like a river or a cash app, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, they don't pay me, so they, they can do whatever the fuck they want to fucking do. Um, but this idea that Binance is going to fight for their users' privacy in any fucking kind of way is absolutely asinine bullshit. Like, it's never going to fucking happen. Uh, they just want to be the next large financial institution. And that, that's, this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, I mean... It's funny. I think we have to go in the history of shitcoin exchanges, right? I think Binance somehow survived longer than I thought it would, but Binance basically came in, what was after Poloniex went down and got cucked? It was Bitrix, then Bitrix added KYC, then Polo, then Polo added KYC, then Binance, oh. then Binance added KYC, and now it's kind of like it, all the shitcoining kind of went to the DeFi land. Yeah. Yeah, it went to like Uniswap. Yeah. And will they get KY? Will they get cucked? Like, is that yeah, that's next? what the most recent FAFSA shit is. There'll always be like a new bucket shop uh, where you can just trade things without KYC. Um, and, they, you know, that that's just, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult for the people who are trying to make money on those things. But as far as the user is concerned, I feel like there'll always be someone offering. I guess the new one now, if you want to talk about central, centralized entities, would be Bybit. B-Y-B-I-T um, is like the new centralized bucket shop. There's always going to be like at least one, I think, centralized bucket shop. Just because FTX the movie, too, right? FTX requires KYC pretty much. The restrictions are so tight for the non-KYC accounts um, that it might as well be fully KYC. And you have to remember like, like Binance also has technically has a no KYC lever, lever uh, level. But the thing is, like, these guys, like, both them and FTX, like, they'll just fucking shotgun KYC on you like it's fucking, you know, hot out. Like, they don't fucking care. Um, they don't count as the bucket shop as far as I'm concerned. There will always be a bucket shop that is not going to shotgun KYC you, um, who <laughs> you're not really sure if you should trust or not, uh, that will exist without KYC. And that's because they can open up anywhere with very little, very little cost to open. Right. Um, but as they get bigger, then all of a sudden they get rich and they have something to lose. And, and that's what happens every single fucking time. Yeah, let's go back. Let's, uh, let's pour some out for the bucket shops of, of years past. I mean, Gox, the original, it was Bitcoin only. Or did they have other assets on Gox? No, they were always Bitcoin only. They were supposed to add Litecoin in two weeks and then just. <laughs> that's where the two weeks. Never happened. Soon TM came from. Uh, what else we got? Crips, Cripsy, Cryptopia, MintPal, MintPal, MintPal. Just the dude just straight up walked away with everybody's Bitcoin. Same uh, with Cripsy. Cripsy was Big Vern, right? Yeah, Big Vern. Everyone's money. Cryptopia was a New Zealand one, and I'm pretty sure they made a comeback too. But the craziest was Polo and Bitrex. That somehow they got like the SEC and the CFTC and shit to like absolve them of all their sins if they sold to americans yeah circle and they completely Polonia, legitimized right? both of those exchanges and they have no volume because no one wants to use 
a fully KYC'd Polo or Bitrix. They have nothing to offer. I mean, completely ghost towns. Fee freaks are relatively new. And even if you like got into a like 2017 bubble, like back in the day, it was like on these shitcoin exchanges, like the shitcoins would literally pay to get listed. And they like the, the volume would get pumped artificially immediately. And people the wild would, west. It was yeah. the proper wild fucking west. Yeah. Cryptopia, yeah. Daniel Legler mentioned, freak Daniel Legler mentioned in the live chat, Cryptopia. Big Vern. Where is Big Vern right now? We had BTCE, but it would behoove me to call them a bucket shop. They were no, BTCE illegal. was legit. <laughs> like they, pure. They, they're they, pure they like pre- BitMEX. BTCE and BitMEX are in the same yeah. are in the same category in my mind. Yeah, I don't consider BitMEX a bucket shop. They were just like professionally against America's America's laws. Yeah. With two Americans as the co-founders. Like pretty based. Yeah, I mean, we say it time and time again. BitMEX did it right. Freedom. I don't know. Do you see they they BitMEX flagged the first official flag of a join market coin join? Oh, I, um, I saw. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. But that's what we expected, right? We've been warning people. Like that, no, but they, what concerns me a little bit is so where you see real privacy issues happen is when people use a service expecting it to be KYC free. And then after the fact, you so can't like, assume that with you can't right, assume that with BitMax. Right. Look, I, I respect the fuck out that BitMax waited until one of their three founders was arrested and held hostage, basically, to implement KYC. They they pushed back as long as they could possibly push back, right? But my point is is that BitMax has a shit ton of records now that presumably they, they could be handling handing to authorities of different governments to comply to get lesser sentences. And the people that used BitMEX didn't assume that there would be that kind of level of information sharing, right? So people might be might have been more flippant about which Bitcoin they sent to their deposit addresses, which email addresses they gave to BitMEX. And they shouldn't have, right? Like you should always be, obviously as the user, you should, you should be a parent about, about what you're doing and when you're doing it. Um, but Bitcoin is a ledger that we expect to exist forever, right? So anyone who's used BitMEX and you've withdrawn from BitMEX, you've deposited from BitMEX, what kind of ties are on the blockchain of, of, those, of those interactions? What kind of ties exist with the email addresses you used with BitMEX? What kind of ties exist with the IP addresses you connected to BitMEX from, right? And all this information is in, B- in BitMEX's servers. And if they're handing over this stuff, like all of a sudden... There's a, lot, there's a lot of information there. And this is, this is why, like, this is why when you interact with centralized services, CoinJoin is so fucking important. Because if you don't use CoinJoin, like, you just have these ties on this fucking ledger forever. Yeah. It's so fucked they want to prevent people from being able to cut those ties again like i said earlier i coin join i do all this stuff i'm i mean i don't want to like bring the heat on me but you can come audit me you can come do whatever you want like i'm not, I'm not doing anything illegal i'm just like a a dude raising a son and my wife at her parents house down the shore like just trying to get by and I, I like the idea of freedom in the digital age and freedom 
in general. And that's like a dangerous thought these days. These people who have control over the laws and regulations think it's a dangerous thought to even be able to think this way. It's insane. Like, wake the fuck up. Like, shake people. Like, wake the fuck up. Like, I don't, don't want to get, like, into the COVID thing, but, like, people are, like, openly, like, welcoming vaccine passports with open arms. It's like, do you not realize that this is, like, legitimately, like, the papers of Nazi Germany? Like, show me your fucking papers. People are welcoming this shit with open arms. It's insane. It's fucking insane, dude. Are we crazy? Are we the insane ones? What? How are we wrong? Um, I don't, dude. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know. What's what's next on the list? I, Bitcoin is hope. I, there, I. You just reminded me of all the blue checks that are just coming for us. Like. <laughs> But like, honestly, it's unfortunate all the blue checks are short Bitcoin. You know, we, 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 we well, at least we have like we have like six blue checks that are on our side. Before we get into the next segment, which is software updates, we got a bunch of software updates. But that is another thing. Like, is the blue check anger and push for violence against Bitcoiners envy about the price appreciation? Is that what it's driven by? Or do you think they actually care about everything they pontificate about? Dude, this whole world, the whole life we live, this whole short, fucking, vibrant, beautiful life we live is dominated by jealousy and greed. And the beauty of fucking Bitcoin is that it fucking channels that for good. But everywhere else, it's channeled for poor, for bad, for badness. Yeah. Jealousy is a hell of a... It's ugly. Jealousy is ugly. It's very ugly. It's very ugly. You can't hold hate in your heart. I think I think Joe Dirt said that most famously. Can't have hate in your heart. Life's a garden. Dig it. Don't worry about what Joe Schmo's doing. Don't try and keep up with the Joneses. Worry about your own life, your own family. Whether or not you're waking up, making your bed, making breakfast for your children. Worry about yourself. Uh, the McCallum 15 bottle has been broken into and, <laughs> and uh, there's been a considerable amount drank. Nah, nah. It's like, I don't get why. I don't get why they feel like so much ire towards us. When like, honestly, if you come down, come sit at the table with me, have a, have a scotch with me. Talk about this stuff. Like, I don't think you'll hate me. I think you'd actually like get what I'm trying to get at here is like the problem is not me versus you. It's this overarching demon run political governmental system that wants to control what we do. And they, they force you and me to conflict with each other so that we're distracted. This is why the blue checks have failed to get it for the most part is because the blue checks are usually at a position of power in our status quo. Right. And Bitcoin threatens that for them. Bitcoin is against that status quo. If you're talking to someone who's just, you know, in person, who completely disagrees with your political affiliations, um, you can usually get that person to agree that Bitcoin's a net benefit, that we're both on the same side. Um, it's the person who the status quo strictly benefits them 
that refuses to acknowledge it and will outwardly attack us and will make us a pariah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there's a whole set of the journalist class that should for really no reason think the status quo benefits them, but it gives them a blue check on Twitter and it allows them to tweet things that people retweet. And it gives them like this sense of power, even though they're living in their tiny little shitty studio <laughs> in some second tier city uh, and wondering like, they're the SS, they're the SS. Yeah. They're ratting us out. And in 2020 was just like a big whole test on that shit. Right. They're terrible people. I didn't want to go that far. I want to go as far as saying they're terrible people, but really like you're devoid of any personality or individuality. More importantly, like that blue check mark makes you like, gives you like that SS double lightning fucking mark on your, on your Nazi coat. And you think like you can tell middle America what to do. Like, fuck you. You're a fucking disconnected demon. We will win. We're going to win, freaks. Don't worry. Software updates. Joinbox version (laughs) (laughs) 0.3.3 has been released. Matt, do you have anything to say about this Joinbox release? I mean, I just fucking love your fucking transition. I just wanted to do a shout out to fucking Open Oms, who will be on Dispatch next week for his work on Joinbox. He's made Join Market so much more accessible to the average freak. So cheers to that. Love you, Open Oms. Hope you're listening. Ronan Dojo version... 1.9.0 1.9.0 has been released. I am a very happy Vernon Dojo user. Um, I will have more updates for you freaks, hopefully in the next two weeks. I've been working closely with the, the guys working on Vernon Dojo. Matt obviously um, has had Zelko on the on Citadel Dispatch. What was that, two weeks ago now? Yeah, that was the one that kind of just started this whole bullshit. But yeah. uh, the really cool thing about this update, I mean, they did a lot of fucking things. Uh, but I, I feel like it, it's really coming together as a privacy-focused stack. Uh, specifically, like now you have Spectre added. So if you want to use a hardware wallet with your Ronin Dojo, it's way easier. Um, and, and they have integrated BISC support. So it's way easier to connect it uh, to your BISC instance. Hell yeah. Shout out to everybody working on Ronin Dojo. I want to call out somebody particularly, but I don't know if they want to be called out. But just know... You know that I know that you know who I'm talking about. I love you, brother. Sparrow Wallet version 1.3.1 has been released. Uh, they've been working on this. It's just a single dude, mostly. Craig. Craig. He was on Dispatch, too. Yeah. Last month, right? And, yeah, and he was just on SLP. Uh, Stefan Mavera, our, our sister podcast. Um, don't wait, don't say our it. sister podcast. He's our brother, okay? <laughs> no, I, I love you, Stefan. I was just fucking with you. Um, everyone should go. I mean, I was telling people to go listen to the podcast. I'm allowed to fucking give them a fucking punch on the shoulder. By the way, I was right. Bush Bash was this past weekend and they fucking loved it over there. Okay, good. Um, all the Australians were mentioning it afterwards, which is exactly what I expected. Uh, but it, Supposedly it was a fantastic time. So shout out to all the Australian freaks that enjoyed Bush Bash. Uh, but shout out to Craig Raw, man. Like Sparrow Wallet is fucking fantastic. Uh, you should go consider going to his website and donating to him uh, because I think his heart is in the right place. And he doesn't do it for the money. It is proper free open source software. And uh, this, update is, this update is a really big one. And just it brings, it brings, uh, it brings Sparrow Wallet up that much more so good to see 
check it out. Support Craig. Before I forget, we do have one shout out this week. Short and sweet. Going to read it. But shout out to Core Slack Price Talk Crew. They can't delete us. So that was an inside joke shout out. Um, somebody in the Core Slack Price Talk Crew just rubbing it in the Core Slack's face that they can't delete the Price Talk Crew. Wait, no. So Core Slack got deleted. Oh, it did? There was a whole controversy that Bitcoin Core Slack group got deleted and no one knows exactly why it happened and it might have been Slack higher-ups deleted it from the top. What? Dive this, into is a, this. this goes back to our beginning conversation where it's like, all right, for you to use centralized services, but just assume that at any point they might remove you and, and be ready to move to 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 a, to a new option. And, and in their defense, Core has always used IRC and mailing lists anyway, so they were already resistant to this shit. Um, but yeah, there was this whole controversy about the core slack getting deleted. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't aware of that. So I shout mean, out to the freak. Who, don't depend on slack at all. Who um, reminded us. Yeah. Shout out to you up. freak. Shout out to the core slack price crew. Never <laughs> met any of you, but I love you. Thank you for the shout out. The shout out, the shout out. Uncle Marty's the McCallum 15 hitting him hard. I've only had like five slices of bacon and a tangerine today. So excuse me. Wait, really? Yeah, I've got this like I've got this. Was it good bacon? Very good bacon, thick bacon. Oh, like super high quality. Like you had like pork slices. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way to do bacon these days. Once you've That's once great. you've gone to the thick, like locally grown, raised, grown or raised. Are the pigs raised or are they grown? They're raised. The pigs, the pigs are nurtured. Uh, that even better, even better. The nurtured pigs, the thick bacon is the way to go. And that's the other thing. We only had two eggs as a family. My wife and I, we <laughs> ate bacon and our son ate the eggs and bacon. Like, you'll find this out, Matthew, when you become a parent, you, you sacrifice for your child. Just you wind up getting drunker in RHR than you would like to. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going down the software updates. Tails version 4.17 has been released. Reliability improvements to automatic upgrades or anything about Tor V3 here or... No, they they have literally just completely ignored those ongoing tour attacks. I, it, I'm telling you, man, it's just like, it's the weirdest culture. It's the it's 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 not. I I don't want to throw them in the shitcoin boat because that's too fucked up. But it's really not adversarial. It's the weirdest fucking thing. But like, yeah, like if you use tails, like you should upgrade your tails. What the hell is going on with tour? As, as far as they're concerned, and they're right. It's not in their threat model to care about reliability. They just care about if you use it, it should be private if it works, which is like fair enough, I guess. Um, But ultimately they need to implement some kind of like proof of work system um, or like some kind of cost to spam whether that's a proof of work system or if it's a token that leeches off of Bitcoin's proof of work, one or the other, they need to have some kind of distributed cost to spam. Otherwise, the network will always have reliability issues. Yeah. Could Lightning help out with that? I mean, maybe. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm but a simple mind. I'm, I'm ready to see... Uh, I'm ready to see people innovate. I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. It's just frustrating watching uh, the tour project move along. That's all. 
And I'm not, I'm not pretending I could do any better. I just, it's, 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 it's just a different priority set that they have. That's all. Agreed. Agreed. Sorry, I got something in my throat. Sphinx Relay version zero, excuse me, version 2.0.6 has been released. This is a simple, better connect UI. Um, obviously, been talking about Sphinx a lot, loving it. I think this was to help full node runners uh, get a better experience when trying to connect their, their node to Sphinx. Blue Wallet version 6.0.7 has been released. Uh, new is a crypto message sign and verify. Uh, nothing really important after that. Spectre do-it-yourself version 1.5.0 has been released. This is a very feature-rich release, according to Stepan. Um, Miniscript support, watch-only wallets, wallets and private keys, SD card support, SIG hash support, and more. And word to anybody who's writing their release notes for RHR, which you should never be doing, but Stepan's first sentence in this release note is the way I love it. Just, just give us the gist in the first sentence and they describe everything in more detail after that. Thank you, Stepan. He does, he does great release notes. I'm looking <laughs> and he does, does great work. Uh, this was a really big uh, release for them. Uh, so um, I'm excited for them. It did happen right before the show. So I didn't get to dive, dive into it completely. Um, but th- this was a very big update uh, for Spectre do-it-yourself hardware. Um, and I'm looking forward to having them in open source dome, uh, which I'm running at, at Bitcoin 2021. So we talk more about that. Talk more about that. The open source dome. You get a whole dome to yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing, like, it's like what people don't realize is, is look, if you think that people, we, the, the team at Bitcoin Magazine and Disclosure, I'm consulting for them, uh, is a team full of plebs that want to throw the best show ever for Bitcoiners around the world who come or view it through streaming. And there's a lot of conflicts and stuff, but the big thing is, is not necessarily shitcoin, no shitcoin. Uh, like if you have any experience with shitcoins, like if, if you have any kind of touch with shitcoins, if you don't have a, a perfect uh a perfect uh, track record, uh, which we call those people out all the time on uh, Tales from the Crypt. Someone like Chamath, who is involved with BitClout. Um, but it's about throwing on a conference that is Bitcoin only um, and has Bitcoin principles involved. And there's a lot of people working on behind the scenes to try and make that conference as, as good as it can be. Um, I'm really proud of the content team in terms of making the content as good as it can be. I think they've come a fucking really long way over the last six, seven months. Like you can't compare them to someone like a Coindesk or a Block Crypto. I think we all hold them to a higher standard than that now. Um, but uh, the one thing that I've been championing really hard for Bitcoin 2021 is this open source dome. Um, and it's this, we're going to have this dome that's in the outside area, uh, but it's going to be a completely self-sufficient dome and it's going to be air conditioned. And we're going to invite free open source projects into that dome. Um, I got Rootsall helping me, of, of Raspi Blitz, helping me coordinate that. And Ben Ark um, also helping me there. Um, and, and there's going to be like full nodes. You can, you can interact with the teams that are behind the popular full node packages, building your own node. There's going to be like uh, workshop tables where you're going to be able to learn how to 
build your own hardware wallet with the Spectre DIY guys. We're able to be able to do coin joins in person. And it's all going to be free open source software. And then on top of that, we're going to have talks from, uh, you know, major developers in the space, people like Matt Corallo, uh, talking about integrating Rust Lightning into exchanges. Um, we're going to have Jamal James, you know, huge friend of the podcast, talking about Polar with developers. Uh, so it's going to be like developer-focused conversations mixed with mostly unstructured time where we're just all chilling, fucking around with free open source software and hardware, um, which is like what a Bitcoin conference should be about, right? So I'm really excited about this specific aspect of Bitcoin 2021. Hell yeah. I'd love to see that. I will be hanging out in the open source dome. Shout out to you again. I've known this for a while. You're behind the scenes trying to help coordinate all this stuff. Obviously, I had David Bailey on, had him on the show last week. We wanted to announce it on Friday. Um, Bitcoin Magazine was a little tepid to announce where they were going to do it on Friday. So we had to release it on Tuesday this week. But yeah, I'm excited to be in Miami in early June. It's going to be a hell of a get together. We should talk about that too. The venue, the Mana Winwood. Mana Winwood. So it's going to be like in uh, if you're a New Yorker, it's going to be like in the Greenpoint of Miami. It's like the arts district, super like artsy, like cool area. The conference at the specific venue is going to have like all this street art and stuff around it. There's going to be this whole outside area, uh, plus an indoor like warehouse style area. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it looks like it's going to be like a really fucking good time. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. Um, they haven't fully rug pulled my promo code yet, uh, which is they haven't. You get 15% off now. You used to get 21% off. They, they like partially rug pulled me. Now you get 15 and I freaks. I do not get anything from that. I'm literally just, if you want to know my business relationship with them, I build them hourly and really I would do most of it for free to be quite honest. Um, so, so that's, that's where I stand in, in that, in that regard. And, and as I said before, if you want a heart to heart about the whole Chamath bullshit, which to be honest, like Chamath should not go after our boy surfer Jim. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Is, uh, is, is David Bailey is going to be joining surfer Jim in about four hours, three and a half hours on, on Bitcoin magazine, happy hours. So that's going to be pretty cool to watch. Like Chamath. Join us during leg day for one time before you start coming out <laughs> at Surfer Gym. Like, Can you imagine he's running for governor? He's running for governor of California. He's running for governor of California and he's like fucking chirping at Surfer Gym. Yeah, it's like, that's, the other, like, that's one of those like instances where you realize we're all people. Like this dude just got ticked off because Surfer Gym was like, yeah, he was drunk. It was like a fucking Friday or something. I think it was like a Friday. I think it was Friday. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And and he was drunk and he like, he should like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to make excuses for him. Like, but but it's just garbage. Yeah. It's like, that's the other thing. Like, show some class. Like, why do you, why do you need to flex with wealth? It's, it shouldn't be about, you should be making money because you have good ideas and bringing good things and you should... Oh, I'm being told he's not running for governor of California. No. Well, no. regardless well, of whether he is or isn't, like there goes well, flex that. with your wallet, flex with your ideas and and what you've done. Like you 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 growth hacked Facebook, which is one of the most fucking parasitic apps in the fucking world. And you've admitted that yourself. So my only point is 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 that first of all, 
I hope the freaks don't expect perfection from me in terms of Bitcoin Magazine. And I hope the freaks don't perfect, expect perfection from the team at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, but Perfect's just impossible. Know, Perfect's just, impossible. Perfect's just, impossible. Don't ever expect perfection anywhere. Just know. Just Unless know, it's a wave. This team is like filled with plebs. It's just filled with plebs who just love Bitcoin. They just love, they fucking love Bitcoin. It is the coolest fucking thing to see is just watching this shit come together. Um, with And like the arguments, the arguments that are happening behind the scenes are like the best arguments ever. It's like the most Bitcoin thing ever. And, and this is what I want the future to be. I want the future to not be consensus. I don't want the future to be consensus. I don't want the future to be the blocks paid group. I want the future to be this. <laughs> You know, how much of a Bitcoiner are you? Is you know that what the consensus to be what all the blue check marks want us to do? Yeah, exactly. This is not a blue check conference. That's my point. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited for it. Agreed. I am as well. Um, still have to go with software updates. I skipped this one. Blue Wallet version 6.0.7 has been released. And then last but not least, actually not last but not least, we've got a couple more. Easy node. This is new. Simple, pruning-friendly setup for personal Bitcoin full node. I will read the release notes for this because they're pretty short, but since it's a new uh, software that we're updating here, again, a simple pruning-friendly setup for personal Bitcoin full node, Docker-based, single-container package featuring Bitcoin Core, Electrum Server, BTC RPC Explorer, Spectre Desktop, and secure remote access using Tor Onion, SSH Tunnels, or SSL. Um, so why would you use these, you know, simple one command setup, lightweight, only 120 megabytes of Docker image needed. Pruning friendly requires less than five gigabytes of storage suitable for a dedicated box, but doesn't require one. It supports Linux, Mac, Mac OS, Windows and ARM version seven and eight. Arm. Arm. My bad. Well, I don't trust you on the arm stuff anymore. <laughs> like, what did you get wrong? What did you get wrong? What was it? And why dig? Nidig, it's Nidig. I said it, you corrected me. It's arm, you know. Well, they were wrong to name their company (laughs) that pronunciation, so that's just that's just on them. I'm sorry, Ross Stevens. Like, you 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 chose the wrong pronunciation of the name of your company. Yeah, Um, you heard you heard it here first, (laughs) but uh, shout out to Sheshek, uh, legend. Uh, who came up with this as well. And this also landed right before uh, we went on air. So I, I haven't really got to dive into it, but on the surface, it seems like exactly what we want, right? Like this is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And Seshik's the guy who created the electron plugin, correct? Yeah. Bitcoin, Bitcoin wallet, wallet tracker, BWT. Yeah, yeah BWT. Um, yeah. Shout out Seshik. Thank you for making uh, this easy full node software. Keep on, keep on bringing it. Test release for coin swaps, state chain implementation. It's pretty big. Uh, we talked about this. We've we've had uh, Thomas Tavarathan on the podcast before talking about the Mercury coin swaps. They've released a uh, a state chain implementation. They're they're ready to have it tested out. Uh, we're going to link to this blog post in the show notes. If you guys are developers, if you're willing and able testers that want to test this out they're looking for testers well, as long as you have testnet bitcoin you can test this out this is this is using bitcoin's testnet um it's their own testnet using bitcoin's testnet um and the idea is that we can do coin swaps 
on their state chain. And then there's no, um, there, there, there's nothing that shows on our own chain. So you, you add additional privacy to it. And the, the negative, because there's always a trade-off, is that the person you're swapping with, if they collude with the coordinator of the state chain, they could take your money. Um, yes. That's the trust model. I think it's a relatively reasonable trust model if, if privacy is the goal. So this is a really great uh, thing to see come, come along. Shout out to the Mercury team. Shout out to Chris Belcher for working on coin swaps. Shout out to everybody pushing Bitcoin privacy forward. Speaking of that, BISC, they had a meeting on moving to layer two networks. So they're thinking about lightning and liquid, correct? Yeah, I mean, they're getting absolutely massacred on on-chain fees. Um, a BISC, an average BISC transaction is a much larger transaction. Um, because it's a multi-sig transaction. Um, and then on top of that, they have the BSQ token, which is built into their whole mechanism. That is a colored uh, coin on Bitcoin. So they, they're exposed to on-chain Bitcoin fees twice fold. Um, so, so they're really feeling the Catan effect. Um, is, is that, that's what we're going to call it from now on. The Catan effect of, of rising fees. Um, they're experiencing that very hard. And, and they're, they're working towards moving to layer two, whether that is liquid, which is much easier for them to implement. They already have liquid BTC on BISC. Uh, that's a very, it's a relatively easy implementation for them. Um, or RGB, which is Lightning's version of tokens. It's technically a third layer, right? RGB, dude, is growing super quickly. Like they've been dropping things left and right. And I want to talk about it, but I just don't know what the fuck's going on, to be we, honest. Like this is like our next tag team interview. We need to get somebody yeah. from RGB. Can on. we do a tag team on this one? Like we get yeah. Olga or something. Yeah, we need to do that. Um, because I have no idea really what's going on. And I really should need to. Should we get Giacomo on? Should we do it with Giacomo? I'm down. Let's do it. Let's. But we, we need like a deep dive in RGB because honestly, uh, I've been people are sleeping there. on this stuff. People are sleeping. That's what I love about it, though. People are sleeping on lightning. And then, like, you have a layer above lightning with RGB. People are sleeping on that as well. Let's do yeah. that because it's been a long time for a tag team. I think it'd be a fun one. Let's tag team it. We're going to tag team it. Um, new liquid wallet. Side swap. Dude, this is fucking sick. I tried it. It's dope. All right. Why is it dope? Side swap. Uh, <laughs> because this is exactly what you want a liquid wallet. Okay. So I've been trying to get more. Exp- did you see that? I said, there's only 200 people that use, Oh, you did because you responded to me. Uh, I said, there was only 200 people that use both liquid and lightning. And you're like, there's all these freaks that are using lightning. And I was like, but did they use liquid? And you're like, Oh, I see what you're saying. And then I had a bunch of people reach out. They're like, Oh, they use liquid. I was like, did they use lightning? And, and they're like, Oh, I see what you're saying. So then Mario Gibney, um, I'm pretty sure he works for Blockstream, tweeted out a poll and Blockstream fucking maintains liquid. So like the majority of his followers should use liquid. I retweeted it. Like the key demographics that should be using liquid and lightning are all hit in this Twitter poll. I'm not saying the Twitter polls are supposed to be definitive, but only 140 people said they use both. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I think it's interesting that all these people have opinions on how liquid and lightning unfold here. Uh, and haven't used both. Um, so I think liquid, like it's funny that people say that it's going to be an exchange to exchange tool or a trader tool. Cause I think exchange to exchange arbitrage 
is mostly going to be handled by private lightning channels. And I actually think that P2P liquid makes more sense to me because the trust model is you have to trust the federation. But after that, using liquid in a self-custody manner, if you agree that a federation is self-custody, which I understand like 6102 and won't agree with that. And I, I also kind of understand that it's like self-custodial. I'm doing air quotes over here. Um, it's very interesting from a P2P angle because you can do it very easily on mobile. You don't need to be always online. You don't need to have someone providing liquidity to you. Um, so, so there's definitely some uses there and it's, they have confidential transactions. They have confidential assets. So if you send uh, an NFT of, of one of Samson Mao's ships in his video game, or if you send Bitcoin, you can actually coin join the two of them together and no one would know because they don't know what assets being sent or someone with Tether. So someone could have Tether, someone could have Samson Mao's infinite fleet ship and someone could have Bitcoin and you can coin join all of them together. No one would have any fucking idea. So what I want to see is I want to see more consumer level liquid products. Um, and SideSwap is a very interesting mobile app that's on, available on both iPhone and Android. Um, and it has the two key elements. It allows you to send on liquid and use liquid assets or whatever you want to fucking do on liquid. But it also has built in just a very simple swap tool that you can peg in and peg out of liquid. So you can, you can just send in Bitcoin and they'll give you the equivalent of liquid Bitcoin and then you can do whatever the fuck you want with the liquid Bitcoin after that. And you can send liquid Bitcoin and it'll send out Bitcoin. So I think it's a very clean interface and that's the, that's the main pain point, right? The main point pain point is how do you switch between the two layers? Yeah. No, and I completely agree there. There aren't enough people I've used both, myself included. I'm very heavily in the lightning uh like i've used lightning far more than i've i've used liquid um I'm and there's like these weird cypherpunk type people in blockstream that have used liquid way more than they've used lightning they barely yeah. use lightning like grubles like Grubles, I respect the fuck grubles, out of grubles. get on it bro i respect the fuck out of grubles but he was asking questions on twitter the other day which all questions are fair questions he was asking questions on twitter the other day like he hadn't really d- dove deep into lightning right yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of people like that. Like, so we have like the highly technical people over at Blockstream that haven't really played with it. Um, and then we have the opposite, which is weird, overwhelmingly they... true. Most people that played with Lightning haven't played with like, Liquid yet. I agree. I'm in that camp. But Blockstream has like Sea Lightning that they're contributing to heavily. Right? I know, but I think it's the people that are Liquid focused, just like they don't see the value and they just didn't bother, you know, and, and it'll come with time. It's a time thing. But, uh, I, I really do think that there's there's been a missed opportunity so far in that liquid can be way more useful at a consumer level um, while the focus has been more at a trader level. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, I really think, especially after speaking to Jack Mahler's multiple times, that private lightning network makes way more sense on the trader level. Right. Like yeah, if the I'm, instant settlement is undeniable. No, and, and like, why, why involve the Liquid Federation if you're Bitfinex and you're Bitstamp and you can just do some massive fucking private channel between the two of you? That's balanced. Yeah. Like, why would you even involve a federation if you could just use that? Yeah. Like, the other side of the coin, too, like Liquid. Like, so, like, we, we, we talked about how, like, Sphinx 
And like you just mentioned, Jack Mahler is like exchange, exchange, product market fit. Like the original vision of what the product market fit will be for these second layer solutions, at least from my observation, has not always come to fruition. It's always been something that you nobody who was building these things saw inherently from the get-go in the market. It was just like, no, this is actually the product market fit. Um, and so, yeah, I, I highly agree with what you're saying right now. Like the, the side swap... Um, wallet making it more user friendly, like could lead to these use cases that maybe like the people building like we did not even recognize or assume would be the killer use case in the beginning. So, yeah. So I mean, just to just to endorse another dope ass wallet. Um, I mean, so what I did was I tested out Moon Wallet, right? M U U N. M U U N Wallet. Uh, which which integrates both Lightning and on-chain in a seamless, unified, balanced way, okay? Uh, so the user doesn't know if they're using Lightning or on-chain. So I sent a Lightning payment to MoonWallet. MoonWallet received it as a Lightning payment. They created a turbo channel to my phone to give me a quote-unquote self-custody version of Lightning. Then I opened SideSwap, and I went into um, the Pegin portal and it gave me an on-chain Bitcoin address. And then I paid that with Moon Wallet, which automatically switched my Lightning uh, balance, which I didn't know was a Lightning. I knew it was Lightning balance, but an average user wouldn't know it's a Lightning balance on their Moon Wallet, sent it to SideSwap. And then it automatically either like looped me out. I don't know what the fuck they're doing behind the scenes, but they looped me out. And then they paid the on-chain address at SideSwap, which switched it into LBTC. This is the way it should be. Obfuscate all of this. This is beautiful. Exactly. It's coming, freaks. That, that user flow is the way it should be. It's the way it should be. It's happening. It's happening, freaks. It's here. It's the way it should be, and it's here. We've got two more topics. Penultimate topic is Indian government requiring Bitcoin disclosures from companies. I, I'm surprised they weren't doing this originally. Like, why wouldn't they? Dude, they're just like, I, I it is not. Are these public. all they're, companies or like publicly traded companies? Like, all companies, private companies, publicly traded companies already have to disclose. Yeah, this that's shit. what it was like. I was like, yeah, why is this big? Name? They're saying like a random small Bodega. business, random small business in Mumbai needs to now disclose as of April 1st needs to disclose. They're just, they're getting ready. Like people think, um, people think this is like trying to flood all over again. Like, no guys, like, like the second most populous country in the world that has over a billion people is about to crack down on freedom money because they're anti-freedom. And we need to have tools available to those people who don't have computers uh, so that they can access this global monetary network. Um, and the time is now. The time isn't tomorrow. The that time isn't yesterday. the day after that. The time is fucking now. Yeah, I completely agree. Shout out to all of our Indian freaks out there who are being terrorized by the Modi regime. They already took away you know, smaller denominations of cash from you or larger denominations. I forget exactly which, but they took away certain denominations of cash. They're trying to cattle herd you into this biometric monetary system. It's fucked. It's completely fucked. 
now they're trying to force businesses, small businesses to reveal their Bitcoin stash. And I mean, can't say for certain, but they probably just want to take it from you or tax you on it. So the first step, the first step before seizure is disclosure. Yeah. Get you to disclose it. And then once you disclose it, they fucking take it. It's the playbook. It's a very simple playbook. It makes a lot of fucking sense. Just run through the principles yourself. Yeah. Try your hardest not to. I mean, try your hardest to not give up your sets. Fuck. These people are evil, man. They're evil. They're evil. Modi. Macron. Justin Trudeau. Joe Biden. Donald Trump. Whoever it may be. We don't need them anymore. We can walk away from them. I would I would be very confident in saying there's 7.99 billion people on earth who actually like understand that most people are the same and they just want family, health, housing, food, comfort. And yet there's a very select few that fuck it up for the rest of us. And they're they control the media, they control the governments, they control everything, and they they try to force us into this digital panopticon. Don't let them, freaks. Do not let them. Last but not least, Citadel 21, Volume 10 has been released. A magazine is pretty dope. A lot of good content. Who we got this? This we got Pirate Beach Bum, our boy, uh, Dim Zion has a few articles, Bitcoin. Labrador, Carazargas. Bitcoin Labrador, the revolutionary behind the porn meme. Stop watching porn freaks. Yeah, but you have to admit that the porn memes are hilarious. What are the porn memes? You haven't seen the porn memes? Like no. uh, I, I, when the mempool clears and like she's like orgasming. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, bro. You're he not. fucking revolutionized it in spite of you. How Bitcoin fixes me. That's his article on this issue of Citadel 21. God. Yeah, but Citadel 21 is great. All the freaks should check it out and consider buying a physical copy. Yeah, get your physical copies it. while you can. They, Don't send scarce. it to your home, though. Don't send it to your home. P.O. Box. P.O. Box that shit. And use CoinJoin before you pay them. Agreed. Or pay with Lightning. But Agreed. then use CoinJoin outputs to create the channel. <laughs> Matt, I can't see you anywhere. I don't know where my Zoom is. Oh, there it is. I mean, the freaks can still see me. Yeah, I'm sufficiently drunk. I can tell. I know. So I have a couple topics that aren't on the list that I want to talk about. All right, let's go. Okay, the first one is um, our boy Alex Bosworth, um, famously known for the boss score uh, that rates lightning uh, nodes. Um, that supposedly stands for balance of Satoshis um, had a tweet out today that is interesting that I really enjoyed uh, that lightning network tramples on the bullshit anti-libertarian meme of who will build the roads because we're building the roads based on uh, capitalistic fee pressure. I like that. It's a cool framing, right? I do like that a lot. That like we're building the lightning network roads based on who will pay fees and 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 people trying to get those fees. Yeah. If you want to go past this road, are you willing to pay the fees? And are the fees worth it to make it so you, that you can go to your job and make money beyond what you paid? I like that a lot. 
Really cool, really cool concept. And I like that, uh, that framing. Um, the second thing is there was another Taproot dev meeting. I think this is number three um, about speedy trial. And now it seems like they want to speed up the trial even more. Um, consensus fell on uh, doing three months for signaling, which we were already at the case of. But then after that signaling is done, only three months after that for activation rather than six months, which was the previous speedy trial activation, which would nestle us at taproot activation well in front of me and Marty's bet. And Marty would win the bet and I will have to pay HRF a million sats. Yeah. Jeremy Root was, is that the Jeremy on the Bitcoin dev list? Is that Jeremy Root? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He put notes out um, two days ago. So go check it out. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so I would love to see that first off. Um, I would love to see that. I'm glad that my million sats provided an incentive for them to speed it up. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that, that progresses. And we will track that here at Tales from the Crypt. It looks like they're waiting for Rusty Russell to retract his, his knack. Well, the what funny thing is, is Rusty's on the record for disagreeing with number go up at like $7,000. So Yeah, well, Rusty Russell also runs that like. <laughs> things bitcoiner said twitter account yeah, bitcoiner said i look i i respect his work i respect his He's work He's a big but, blocker uh, i don't know rusty but, uh, stop hating on the number go up number go up is good you know it's 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 funny that a lightning developer would say that while number go up is like the best thing that's happened to lightning network in a while yeah um and then last but not least uh, i put a tweet out today uh asking for the best conspiracy theories about the suez canal Oh, man. We How have this thing this? is fucking blocked up right now. And I got I, some inside I, info on this. One second, Marty. There's like a couple different angles here as Bitcoiners. Um, I mean, obviously, it affects the macroeconomic trade. Um, I think it affects Bitcoin on a macro level. And, and I think ultimately here is a perfect example of, of the concerns of having centralized um, parties involved with global trade. And I mean, and the Suez Canal is, is a perfect example that you have this centralized um, artery of global trade that if it gets blocked up, like all of a sudden everything gets fucked. Yeah. Yeah. How, how insane is this? Like one big ass fucking freight shipping container ship gets stuck in the Suez Canal I saw something like any ship that had to reroute around Africa had to pay like $300,000 in fuel cost alone. Not well, they're trying to like decide, right? Like, do I wait or do I go around? Right. Like right. that's what every single ship that's in the position there is, is deciding. And there's a media blackout. So I've got somebody in my DMS giving me like some good sources. So uh, apparently like the Suez canal, the people running it, uh, send instructions to media outlets prohibiting publishing anything that is not official. Prohibiting publishing any pictures of ship traffic congestion. So I don't know if that's like the local Egyptian. Well, yeah, it's the government, Egyptians. like not wanting like to look like dude shit Egypt in the global media or dude Egypt. The majority of their revenue, it's like their biggest natural resource is the Suez Canal. They ha they have a law on the books that says if you sabotage. So like, I mean, the first thought in my mind, right, I'm an adversarial thinker, right, is like, this was intentional, right? right? And so I found out after the fact that if you're caught sabotaging the Suez Canal in Egypt, death penalty. Like they take this shit very seriously. It is their bread and butter. It's 
crazy. That's like one thing nobody thinks about, but like this literally makes it so us in the West, wherever you may be listening to this, if you're in Europe, in the West, in Africa, in South Africa, is a vital shipping route of the world. It's literally a very narrow space that allows you to get through. Where is it? Like, what's the what's the connection there? Like it's, Egypt, it's north the, of Israel. It's the Mediterranean, Mediterranean and like the Indian Ocean, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we already I've already proven that terrible geography, but it's 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 east of Austin. <laughs> Depending on what your uh... <laughs> technically everything is east of Austin. Yeah, t- yeah. If, you're, if you if go you're... far enough east, everything's <laughs> east of Austin. Uh, no, but it's crazy. It's like one thing you don't think about. Like ah, oh, this fucking shit. Red Sea. Uh, the freaks corrected me. It's Red Sea. I said Red Indian sea. Ocean. Yeah. Uh, but the, but... The, it's like the Red Sea is the little sea there, and then I, I mean whatever. Like I, it's all the water's connected. It's semantics. Yeah, but it's like something you don't think about. Something you take for granted. Like, just the ship could get literally positioned in the wrong degree within that canal and Dude, fuck I'm up super global sketch- shipping. I'm super sketched out by it. I think, like, I feel like something's up. I feel like right? it's too. It's too. First of all, not covered that much, and just it just it just feels like like if I wanted to be like an evil mastermind, like this is what I would do. This yeah, is the like thing I would do. Congest the Suez Canal. It's way above gonna... the normie mindset. Like the normie mindset's like, let's the Bitcoiners hate the environment, yada yada yada. You know, like, but but it's it's the, the idea of the Suez Canal is like so above the normie mindset and so easy to do this thing. Like they have such good plausible deniability. They're like, oh, it's the wind and user error and shit. It's stuck in the mud. I think our boy Joe Weisenthal had the best tweet about it. Like looking at the aerial <laughs> journal explaining. <laughs> well, he was just like, why don't you just put a duck boat in the front and, <laughs> back and just have it go in opposite directions? Like it seems that simple. Dude, it's bigger than this fucking ship is bigger than the Empire State Building. What? Yeah, it's longer that. than the Empire State Building. Like Joe was fucking right. Like it was a very good Joe troll tweet. Right. It was like, everyone's like, oh, why don't you just like fucking blow it up or, or use why, why don't you just put a tugboat on both sides and <laughs> supposedly like look i'm telling you egypt took this is taking this very seriously as they this should is like worst case scenario for them they don't want this shit to happen yeah now they get my my source yeah he's like they're we're not seeing everything we potentially could be seeing um there's a media blackout it's crazy i this there's something going to me all my alarm bells are, are ringing. That's all I can say for the freaks. I, I think this is something that we should keep track of and we should pay attention to and the freaks should pay attention well, How long to. can it go on? Like, how long can this fucking ship well, be Now they're there? saying weeks. And, and what? the thing is, the, like, look, Marty, like, if, if ships are deciding to go around the Horn of Africa, they're deciding that it's going to be weeks. That's what, they're, that's, that's what the conclusion is, right? Because you can hit Italy relatively quickly if you go through Suez Canal. But yeah. if you go through fucking... You go underneath Africa and go around and have to deal with pirates and shit. That's way longer, like significantly longer. You're talking, actually, you know, weeks, as you said. Fuck, man. So, like, the question is, is like, I, you know, and 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 people wonder why global markets, you know, are are concerned. You know, like Bitcoin didn't fall under fifty k, 
and a major shipping channel is fucking jammed. Major, major, major shipping channel. That's that that's Bitcoin maturity to me, right? Like this is like this is we're getting uh, great buy opportunities. Yeah. Well, hopefully this is just like a, th- a three gorgeous damn situation where we're like no, no, about Marty. I, this is the opposite. You're not taking this seriously enough, and you took three. Oh, I'm taking it seriously. seriously. I believe me, I'm taking it seriously. I think this is pretty. Very serious. I just this hope is the that, one, Mark. I just this hope we have one. recency, like wary. Um, basically, this isn't us- three gorges. This is this is worse. This is something's going on. I feel like something's going on. I mean, I don't know. I have no fucking idea. I'm not. Freaks. I'm not pretending freaks that I know what's going on. No, no, ma'am. You know me. You know Uncle Marty. I'm picking up what you're putting down, freaks. If you have any theories. Any insight? If you're in Egypt, if you know what's going on, let us know. No, it is. It is fucked. It's like ah, yeah. Let's just put this ship in the Suez Canal and put it diagonal and fuck up global supply chain markets even more. Yeah. All right. Is that all we got this week? Is that all we got this week? We just have a global shipping channel, just completely. Uh... I mean, look, I'm, I, I think the Taproot stuff is, is dope. Uh, I'm glad that Taproot is moving along. Um, I'm glad that I was caught a little bit off guard by that. Um, and then the other thing, I mean, we kind of just said it in passing. Um, and like, I don't want to be a completely cheerleader about uh, Jack. I mean, I obviously, I, I, I believe he's a freak and I hope he's a freak and that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, but you know, Twitter has major censorship issues. Uh, but all that said, it's pretty fucking badass that he did a congressional hearing in his kitchen. Apparently, uh, the block clock. Like yeah, he's yeah. got like the fucking. He's like, it, and he's Marty, liking he Bitcoin you. Twitter too as well. Marty, he was you. Would you tweet out your fucking block clock in your kitchen on the granite countertop <laughs> right. or whatever? And this guy's doing. He's a billionaire. He's doing a congressional hearing. He's got a fucking block clock doing sats per dollar in the background. It's like me right now. I got the fucking block clock in the background is fucking jack dorsey during a congressional hearing what the fuck yeah that's his i think that's a signal you know liking bitcoin twitter tweets yeah i guess we can end it on that get your block clocks if you're if you're in egypt and you can get some shovels get to that fucking canal and start digging <laughs> that ship out <laughs> It seems like it needs all the help it can get. It's pretty integral. Tweet, why doesn't like one of the 150 ships that's waiting just ram it? Right. <laughs> just literally ram it. And you ram it and then you get like you get two going parallel inside and they get stuck. I think shovels may be the answer. That's one of the me. Uh, I love you freaks. I love all y'all. Let's fight for freedom. Fight for freedom. Yeah. You guys all make it worth it, honestly. Like, I wake up in the morning, just you know, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, we're we're trying to make the world a better place, and at the same time, we get the advantage of getting rich in the process, which doesn't fucking hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. No, I appreciate you all. I'm grateful for you all. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love. Love all y'all. Dickie!